the Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll be talking about Apple, we'll be talking about Microsoft and all sorts of tech news. We'll have Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy for Macworld, and then we'll hear from Peter Cohen, joining us again after a long absence. He works with Loop at loopinsight.com and the Angry Mac Bastards radio show. So much coming on the Tech Night Out Live. Hey, we've got Kirk McElhern. He's the iTunes guy for Macworld, writes lots of interesting articles. And I should tell you first off that we plan to have another guest at this particular time slot. But that guest, of course, evidently decided to go home using Apple's Maps, and he ended up in the wrong country. And since I work at home, I'm easy to find, and it's easier for me to find my computer when you want me to come on the show. And you don't need to open up Maps and ask where your computer is. I don't need to ask Siri how to get to, to my office. Well, we've got Eddie Q., He's one of the senior vice presidents at Apple. He's Mr. Fix-It. He was hired to fix mobile me. And I don't know if he did that well with that, but they expect he's going to fix what ails the mapping surface over at Apple. What do you think? If you played with it, does it seem to you as if it's gotten any better? Well, we talked about it when it first came out, and I pointed out how hard it is for me to read the maps compared to Google Maps. Um, I haven't used Apple's Maps. I don't use Maps a lot, but when I do, I use Google Maps on my iPhone rather than the Apple Maps. So I really haven't checked. It, it, even if the problems of labeling locations and all that has been corrected, uh, the display is just unusable for me. I simply can't see it. The streets don't show up, whereas it's just a much better contrast on Google Maps. Well, if you can't see it, then, you know, that's it. Yeah, I mean, other people are using it, and they're not having the same problem as me. I don't have great eyes. I wear glasses. I don't know if that has something to do with it, but no, I, I have too much trouble seeing it, and it's just not worth, it's, it's not worth the headache to deal with something like that. You know, it's very interesting here because I am also myopic. I require glasses, but I've used contact lenses for many years. I can't use contacts. Okay. Well... They look fine to me. I mean, I have no problem with them. I have not been a major high-energy mapping or navigation user. What I have done in the past is when I want to go somewhere and I don't know quite where it is, I will print out a Google Maps version. Now, you can print, by the way, Apple's mapping thing, too. You know, there's a way to print it, and the printout looks pretty decent. I've tried to have Siri take me from here to there. Most times it gets it right. Where it screws up, this is always peculiar. Say you have a restaurant in a shopping mall. It requires a left turn to go there. And the left turn is through the shopping mall. The left turn is through this driveway or entrance to a shopping mall. Right, yeah. So Apple's maps will invariably tell me I have to make a U-turn. Yeah. Now, Google does that sometimes, too. And I had a situation where I was going to a health food store, and I mapped it out just for the heck of it. With Google Maps, it was two miles short of the actual destination of the health food store. And we're not talking about something in the country. We're talking about a suburban area in a major metropolitan region of the United States, around Phoenix, Arizona. Lots of strip malls. Obviously, it should be easy to find, but Google messed up. None of of these things are going to be perfect. I'm just looking on my iPhone now at what the map of my area shows. And so here's the problem for me. 
if the street is small, it's a vague gray line. And, and I guess if I look with a magnifying glass, I can see it's actually um, a white line with gray on either side of it. But there's not enough contrast against the sort of buff-colored background. Now, I'm just outside of a town, and when I go into the town and I zoom in a little bit, then it's more visible. But this is really only good for walking, in my opinion. In other words, if I'm in a car and I need to stop and see where I'm going, I need to look more than three blocks away. And on the, the iPhone screen, I have to zoom in to basically about five blocks to be able to see what's going on. I will say that Apple's maps do have more information where I live. There are names of things like schools and hospitals and restaurants and all that sort of stuff, which Google doesn't have. But aside from that, it's just the visual aspect that's problematic for me. Nokia has come out with the new iOS app designed for public transportation and walking. Mm -hmm. You heard about that, right? I did, but I haven't bothered because I don't do public transportation where I live. Is there any public transportation where you live? There are buses. In fact, the buses in the town are free. Since I'm just like a kilometer from the town, it's much easier for me to drive. Also, I'm up on a hill, a very steep hill over the town I live in. So I'm not going to like walk down this hill and go shopping and carry stuff up the hill. And look at it this way. Because you live up a steep hill, it must be horrible in the winter. The main street that comes up to my house is closed as soon as the snow falls. If it snows, I have to go like three or four kilometers out of my way and do a big circle and come around from a different direction. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bear. Okay, so you live on a steep hill, and guess what? As a result, as much as I'd love to visit you in France, I have now made the reluctant decision because I hate mountainous roads. I will probably not. You'll have to meet me in town. Well, actually, see, here's the thing. The town is below me. You go up this hill to get where I am, and just behind my house, it gets flat again. So it's a sort of a plateau. It's not like the roads are steep all over the place. This is steep for about three or four blocks to get up the hill, and then after that, it's normal again. So you can come visit. Well, okay, just send me a plane ticket. (laughs) Seriously. Okay, talking again about Apple's mapping service. So Apple did a few executive changes over there. Scott Forstall, the iOS chief, was shown technically as walking papers, although he remains at the company for another year as an advisor. And then there's a story that the mapping supervisor, Richard Williamson, has recently been shown his walking papers by Eddie Q because they're doing things there to try to really get things fixed, get things straightened out. Mm -hmm. He was the production executive who would have been in charge of maps. So evidently, he's also part of the failure. Or is it a situation here where if something goes wrong, they just throw out everybody and start again? It could be. The the problem is that the maps were one of the marquee features of iOS 6. If it didn't work, why didn't they just pull it at the last minute? That I don't understand. iTunes was supposed to be out in the end of October, and as it's supposed to be out now for the end of November, so they got to the point where it wasn't ready, and they said, we're not going to release it. I guess if they did that, could they have rolled in the previous maps with Google Maps into iOS 6? Maybe it was too complicated. But if they knew this was going to be a problem, which apparently they did, they couldn't have not known. I'm just surprised that they released what they did the way they did. I think if Apple couldn't just not include it, they could have put a beta label on it saying, hey, folks, here it is. Got all the great features, but it's not finished yet. We want you to help us finish Maps by reporting your reactions, everything like that. And in the meantime, you can download these apps or go online to Google or Nokia. And in a short period of time, if you are having problems with maps, come back and we'll make sure it's better. It's perfect. The beta label would have helped. 
They could I have think. done that. I think the beta label is a cop out, but they could have done that, and it would have probably been less embarrassing than what actually happened. And the other thing, of course, is what is the proper marketing approach to take? They say that Scott Forstall, for example, objected to signing an apology letter. He didn't want to go on an apology tour for maps. So Tim Cook signed it, and Scott Forstall, maybe that's one of the reasons he was fired. I don't know. But certainly, you don't refuse what your CEO asks of you and keep your no, job. No, you? not in a company like that, especially you know with, with the power that Cook has. But maybe Forstall knew he was on the way out anyway. So he figured rather than be embarrassed, he would just leave. Possibly, possibly. Who but this knows? is all speculation. I mean, we we are speculating now. Even the story about this Williamson person being discharged by Apple—that doesn't come from Apple. That comes from Bloomberg News. Apple's but, never going to say things like that. No, they won't. It's trying to emphasize that Eddie Q is racing to fix what ails Maps, get things straightened out. He's in touch with TomTom to improve the integration because Apple isn't providing all the services themselves. They've no. licensed dozens of services to get navigation information. Joseph, we have licensed dozens of advertisers to keep the show afloat. We have Kirk McElhern, author and writer and raconteur. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Neighbors, let's talk body language. You know, when meeting in person, we express so much through the raise of an eyebrow, a nod of agreement. These simple gestures help us communicate more effectively and get positive things done. That's why I recommend go to meeting with HD faces. You can meet face to face with colleagues and clients no matter where they are. Go to meeting takes simple online meetings a big step forward with the highest quality HD video conferencing. Share how GoToMeeting allows you to easily collaborate with your team. Try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. Don't wait for this special offer. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click the Try It Free button, and use the promo code PODCAST. Remember, once again, neighbors, use the promo code PODCAST. Try GoToMeeting. Visit GoToMeeting.com and click the Try It Free button. Use the promo code Podcast. Jim Newcomer from Midas Resources, November 30th, 2012. Gold opened this morning at 1730.50. A one ounce gold coin can be purchased for 1773.27, for a half ounce, or 443.32 for a quarter ounce. That's 1773.27, 886.64, and 443.32. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? Wait a sec. Gold and silver is going up while contracts. Congress is trying to settle on the next debt increase, and there's no end to this madness. That old 401k and IRA can be converted into physical gold without tax consequences. I explain this in my book, 10 Reasons to Buy Gold. Don't let time slip away. Call for your free copy today, 800-686-2237. Get away from that Washington spin and get honest answers about gold. 800-686-2237. The book is free, 800-686-2237. Time and time again. Do you need to call? 
come here and help us. We need assistance. Please. Those we should be able to depend on let us down. Federal and state and local officials saying help is on the way. Will the folks here in Bell Harbor say show me? Don't depend on the government to save you. Take action now so that you're prepared for the next disaster with MyPatriotSupply.com. Get the best prices on storable food, non-GMO seeds, water filtration devices, home canning equipment, survival and self-reliance books, and more at MyPatriotSupply.com. Call 866-229-0927. We are hurting down here, and we need help immediately. Before it's time to survive, it's time to prepare. MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. UtopiaSilver.com believes, as the Declaration of Independence states, that our rights come from God, not from government. The only lawful purpose of any government is to protect and secure the rights of the people, and no man or government has the authority to take what has been given to us by God. Among these rights are life, liberty, property, and the pursuit of happiness. And America's government has ceased to be the protector of liberty and of the people's God-given rights. But we the people can return America to greatness if we are willing to stand up and reassert our stolen rights. We ask that you join Utopia Silver in changing America's course in history. To save on health care and improve your health, call Utopia Silver at 888-213-4338. For a limited time, new customers will receive 50% off all colloidal silver and colloidal gold supplements. Visit us today at utopiasilver.com. That's U-T-O-P-I-A Silver, utopiasilver.com. Or call 888-213-4338. That's 888-213-4338. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Kirk McElhern joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. We started talking about Apple's Maps debacle, whether Beta Label would have done it, whether Apple should have just simply said, you know what, we'll hold off on release until we know it's good, or maybe it was too late. Maybe it would be a bad thing to offer the Google version, and then two months later or three months later, let you download a new version, which is the Apple version. Would have looked bad. Would a Beta Label have done it? I don't know. Now, in my experience, despite the flaws, Apple has basically improved on the visual problems you know you don't have bridges and statues melting anymore that helps you don't have as many incorrect locations that helps you don't have things that people can laugh at you for right that's important right so the publicity would be better as of yet though i haven't seen anyone actually review maps to say okay we've checked it out and yes it does seem better here are the problems we have and now here's the solution to the solution work or not. I don't know. It's such a big task. As you said, they've licensed stuff from a number of different companies. It's such a big task to get all that stuff glued together and to make it work. You know, Google didn't do it overnight. Apple tried to do it overnight, granted licensing from other companies, but they did try to do it relatively quickly to just, you know, come out with a, a version that worked right away and you know whatever it's a mistake it's a blunder they certainly shouldn't 
have done it that way, but they did. So all we can do now is wait for it to be fixed, and that's it. Well, there have been published reports over the last couple of years that Apple was acquiring mapping technology. So it's not something they threw together in a month no, or no, two no, I months. They that. have been working on it a year or two, definitely. But Google has had, what, seven, eight years? Exactly. And Google's got the cars to do street view. and Because the cars, they do street view, but they also, I'm sure that they measure distances and things like that. To, they also to do more driving where they check out your Wi-Fi Exactly, network. right. Of course, Google will deny that, of course, or, oh, it was only a mistake. We didn't mean to war drive. We didn't mean to invade someone's Wi-Fi network. Or we didn't keep the data. We deleted it, right? That's what they said in, in Europe when the Europeans looked into it. But why do you even make it possible to get the data? Exactly. It doesn't matter if you delete it. Why should you even be reading it? They can come up with a, an excuse, I'm sure. Yes. What was it now? Google said, do no evil. They don't say that anymore, do they? <laughs> they used to. Now it is, we'll do evil until we get caught. Yeah, it's like, don't bother us anymore is what it is, really, right? Something like that. I don't know. Google's not my favorite company, but I, I'm not one of these people who has a grudge against companies for one reason or another. This is something which is not a story that we can resolve today. It's going to be a while, I guess, before Apple gets the mapping issues resolved. I think they're rushing as fast as they can to fix the most serious problems. And I think there'll be a point where when the really blatant visual defects are gone, they could say announcing Maps 1.2 or something. You know, here it is. Look what we did. We made it so much better. Now try it. Let them do side-by-side -side comparisons with Google. That would be good if they can get away with it, you know. And because this is what they do, of course, with, with Google. They take the areas where Google succeeds and Apple fails, and they say, look at Apple failing, rather than the reverse, which is, here's where Apple might succeed and Google fails. And it's kind of like, let's go to Siri for a moment. Siri is also beta. You haven't had good luck with Siri, have you? It doesn't really work for me, and I just, I just forget it's on my phone, so I just never use it. Okay. Now, in my case, it's hit or miss. Now, we know that if you're Samuel L. Jackson, it works. If you're Zooey Deschanel, another actor, it works. If you're Martin Scorsese, you know it's going to work. All right? If you're Gene Steinberg, it works a lot of the time. If you're Kirk McElhern, it works some of the time. But there was a story the other day showing how Google's voicing service and Siri compare. And what they appear to do here is choose the questions that Google will answer correctly and Siri course, will answer yeah. incorrectly. Then they have an interview with someone from Google to explain how good it is. It's standard marketing. They test it to make sure it's going to work. It's like a, a good example is um, speech recognition software. You're never going to see a demonstration of speech recognition software using words that are uncommon. You're going to see a very tested script to make sure that there aren't going to be any mistakes. So, no, the, it, one can just not you, – you just have to assume that all of that is – it's not like they've loaded the dice. They've just chosen the dice that are going to roll the right way. Right. They're trying to predict in advance the best results. But regardless – and you did a survey of this, by the way, for Macworld, where you compared the Dragon Dictate to right. the dictation feature on Mountain Lion – to right. show that Mountain Lion is good for basics, but Dictate is good for more sophisticated work, and even then it's flawed. 
This is not a technology that's ever going to, well, that's ever going to be perfect. We're a long way away from perfection because every time there are improvements, they get smaller and smaller as we go on. Um, Dragon Dictate is really good compared to typing. But Mountain Lion's dictation is not quite as good because it doesn't learn from the way you speak. You can't, you don't have the kind of preferences you can for formatting and things like that. I mean, Dragon Dictate does the, the speech recognition and the typing for you, but it's got a whole lot of other options that make it very useful. Um, just one, for example, if you, if you want to train Dragon Dictate to recognize the words you use and you have a whole bunch of, say, word files or text files of documents you, you've written, you can feed them into the program and it'll find the words it doesn't know and ask you to pronounce them so that when you do use them, um, it'll get them right. Now, this is really good if you're in a, a specialized industry and you have a vocabulary that's a little uncommon, you know, in industry or something like that, and you want the program to quickly understand all these words. With Mountain Lion's feature, you can't do any kind of training at all. While it technically is supposed to be improving over time based on the things it gets dictated, because remember, when, when you do this with Mountain Lion, your voice is being sent to a server, the recognition is done there, and then the text is sent back. So on the server end, they're trying to refine the matching, um, but it'll never be as good and as personalized as Dragon Dictate. More generic. It's generic, and I, and I use it sometimes to, to, to write emails or, or to talk to people on, on messages and things like that, but I couldn't use it for, for the work that I do when I actually dictate and, and I'm doing my writing work. It's not perfect enough. Now, isn't that also the same technology they're using for Siri? Well, from what I understand, it's nuanced the company that sells Dragon Dictate that has provided the technology that Apple's using. Um, I'm pretty sure that that's also what's going on behind the scenes with Siri, but I would hazard a guess to say that the Siri technology is very, very different because it's not trying to transcribe everything. It's trying to recognize questions. And that's a different task in speech recognition. Um, nu- Nuance is a huge company. It's a multi-billion dollar company. We can get into a lot more of the fact After that this commercial break. Later on, commentator Peter Cohen returns to the Tech Night Out Live. We have Kirk McElhern joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com radio, DreamHost.com radio. 
whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. That's the sound of your door being kicked in by an intruder with a single kick. That's the sound of the same door now protected by the Door Sentinel at MySafeDoor.com. Go to MySafeDoor.com right now and watch the amazing video. At MySafeDoor.com, you'll learn how to turn your home into a fortress with the Door Sentinel. 16 kicks later, and the Door Sentinel is still holding strong. MySafeDoor.com. That's MySafeDoor.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. What looks good under your Christmas tree and tastes even better? Big Berkey water filters. Yes, the gift of clean water. A gift that provides a great foundation for achieving good health in the lives of your loved ones. A Big Berkey water filter gives them protection from bacteria, heavy metals, chlorine, fluoride, pesticides and herbicides, VOCs and more. And best of all, a Big Berkey water filter is a gift that lasts for many years with no additional investment. And that saves time and money in filter replacements that other water filters require and are even powerful enough to purify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water. As always, all orders over $50 are shipped free, and GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Order online at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com, spelled Big, B-E-R-K-E-Y, WaterFilters.com, or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-B-E-R-K-E-Y. Gift well this Christmas. Give a Big Berkey water filter. Fight back this cold and flu season with the world's best garlic extract, Ali C. Why Ali C? Because it helps your body fight viruses, bacteria, and fungi. Ali C has been scientifically proven in double-blind studies using low doses to greatly reduce the number, severity, and duration of common colds. Ali C contains 300 milligrams of stabilized allicin, the active ingredient in crushed garlic. Studies show Ali C is effective against MRSA, bacterial, fungal, and viral infections. One tablet of Ali C has the equivalent of 40 cloves of garlic. Ali C supports your body's resistance to all types of conditions and can help lower high blood pressure and high cholesterol. So boost your body's resistance to infection with nature's best garlic extract, Ali C. For more information and to order Ali C, call 877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com. That's 1-877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com for your Ali C today. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Kirk McElhern joining us on the Tech Night Owl live. And we navigated from maps to Siri to voice recognition. 
And Nuance is a multi-billion dollar corporation, as you said. Apple licenses their technology. So even though Siri has its own servers, the actual underlying machinery is coming from the same source. I'm assuming it's the algorithms and, and all of that stuff. As I was saying before our advertiser came in, Nuance does speech recognition and voice recognition. They're the company that does the things when you call a company and they tell you to speak certain words. They're the company that does speech recognition in cars and all that. Now, the speech recognition used for dictation, as I said, is trying to get the exact words that you've spoken, whereas the speech recognition when you call up a, a call center is looking for specific keywords. Now, with Siri, it's obviously looking for certain types of questions, but it's not looking to see if you say a word like sesquipedalian because that's just not the kind of thing it's designed for. I would not think so, yes. The key is here, of course, is Siri is just answering a question, getting context, getting, as you say, probably keywords too, right. to figure out what you're saying, and then to come out with the information you want. Now, the, we can say, we can say, though... The core technology is the though, same. Pardon? The core technology is the same, but it's how that technology is applied to interpret what's coming in that's radically different. And maybe we go into the fact here that even Siri is pretty controversial. You know, as I said, I don't use it, so I don't know. I should try it. The problem was with, with Siri in the beginning, um, it was pretty helpless in France. It couldn't provide any kind of information. Um, I could use it to record appointments and stuff, and, but, and I actually just never think of it because I've had so many bad experiences. I should really try and remind myself that next time I'm someplace and I'm making an appointment, um, I should try it and just see how it works. I tend to use it like for basics. Okay, I have a wake-up alarm. I'll change the time. I'll say, change the alarm. That'll be fine. That kind of stuff. Really simple, basic stuff. Or I'll ask it dumb questions and see what it says. Yeah, that gets boring after a while, though, doesn't it? No. Well, you have a lot of time on your hands then, Gene. <laughs> it depends on the dumb questions that you ask. True. True. You know, sometimes no. I go into a spell where I basically will insult Siri. I'll call Siri bad names. Well, if that's what turns you on, I guess, you know, you can do that. But uh, it's just not, I don't know. Let's try something, okay? Something Let's that's family-friendly, okay? Here we go. You, you want to try something? Hold on. So how do I do go. Let me try one here. Okay. Siri, are you a drunk? Let's see what happens. Don't expect me to get you home. Siri, are you a drunk? I have the voice turned off, so I'll read you what it says if I get anything back. Okay. No, it didn't it's, do that. Hold on. It's more fun if you turn the voice on, though. I mean, you heard what mine said. Hold on. Hold on. i got to do it again. Okay. Siri, are you a drunk? Really? I'm sorry, Kirk. I'm afraid I can't answer that. Wow. That's, like, thrilling. So Mine said, as you heard, don't expect me to get you home. At least my yeah. copy of Siri has a sense of humor. So there... You think because it's I'm in France, I mean, it detects the location in order to provide information. So maybe it's detecting also that it shouldn't be funny. I kind of wonder if that's the case. Are you saying French people are not funny? No, I'm saying that since I'm speaking English to it, maybe it's, that would be a, a stretch, but maybe it's acting a little bit more normal because it's thinking that it's in a non-English speaking country. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't I'll know tell you what, I got an answer here, okay? Okay. Ask it the same question. Listeners, just 
understand what we're going to do here. Ask it the same question in French and tell me what the response is. Go ahead. Siri, et tu es He speaks French so well. I can barely get through English. I don't know what you mean by Siri, it's really Tanya. How about a web search for it? I, I think I've got to change the language setting someplace. Oh, okay. But All see, right. this is one of the problems. If I want Siri to make a phone call for me, and I say the name of a French person, if I say it with the correct pronunciation, it doesn't understand anything. If I say it with the wrong pronunciation, it still might not understand it because it's trying to match the spelling to the pronunciation. Um, and that's when I really gave up in the beginning that if I couldn't even use it for phone calls, there's not much point in using it at all. Well, I can understand that. Maybe the thing is you've got to stick with one language. Well, I do. I use English. But what well, <laughs> I could say I don't really care because I've never found it useful. Um, and all these commercials and ads and stuff like that, it still doesn't really seem that interesting to me. My, my, I'm a, I, have a, I work at home. I have a sedentary life. I'm not on the road. I can understand that people have lots of appointments. They need reminders and stuff like that. They're adding stuff to their to-do list. They might find it useful. For me, it's just more complicated than doing things on my computer because I work in front of my computer most of the time. But as I said, next time I'm out and I need to make an appointment someplace, like a, a doctor's office or whatever, I'll try it and see how it works. And you'll report back to us. And I'll report back on another show. Okay, that's good. And we'll see what happens. Also, now that Eddie Q is also running Siri, we're going to have to see if it can get better. Now, the area where Siri falls down is in search-related requests, something where Google excels. So if you right. do a voice request on Google and you ask it something that involves a search feature, it's going to do pretty good. If you ask Apple something, if you ask Siri something that's less voice navigation or voice assistant and more a straight search... It doesn't do so well. Okay, so let's try. Siri, search for Gene Steinberg. Oh, boy. Restaurant Siri, search for Gene Steinberg, J-E-A-N. See? And it gives me 15 restaurants that are, well, it's pretty much every, every restaurant in the town I live in. So, Okay, I own all the restaurants there. I must be a multi-millionaire. Oh, I'm earning francs up the kazoo. The only francs I'll get is the ones you get to the restaurant. Listen, let me try it with Siri. Okay, here we go. All right? Yep. Siri, search for Gene Steinberg. Okay, let's see. Searching the web for Gene Steinberg. There you go. She spells That's it D-G-E-A-N. D-G-E-A-N? Yes. That's not even a normal spelling. I'm I got in- J-E-A-N. Yeah, it should detect you as a contact. Right, because I'm in the address book. So, Siri, here we go. This is the last time we're going to talk about Siri. Yes, I'm going to try it again. Siri won't listen to me. Here we go. Siri, you're dumb. Let's see what happens, folks. I'm just trying to help you. Poor baby. Make yep, you feel bad it's, for her. It's not, it's, not, it's not untrue. It's just trying to help you. No, lead me astray. You can't even spell my name right. I mean, you know, my ego. I've had that name for 492 and a half years. Indeed. That's right. Indeed. Well, and I lie about my age. I'm a lot older than that. I'm sure you are. There's a photograph of me in a closet. That's in a closet? Getting, yes. Oh, you mean like Dorian Gray. Okay. That's right. Yeah. It's a photograph that's doing it. Enough of Siri. We'll have to see what happens. Let's look at other things here. How about you go to a break? No, I can't do <laughs> I'm that. I'm just kidding you. If you keep talking like that, I'll go to a break just to spite you. Okay. How about them apples? 
or them pairs. But okay. anyway, you did the one-year anniversary of iTunes Match. Yeah. On McElhern.com and also at Macworld. Yep. Right. Right. I am of mixed opinion about it. It's still flaky. Um, I think, and I'm sincerely hoping, that we'll find changes when iTunes 11 comes out. And I'm almost willing to bet that Apple's going to make the new iTunes match a marquee feature of iTunes 11. And this could be in part why it was delayed. It might not have just been for the interface that it was delayed. It could have been for a better integration of iTunes match. It could also be for a streaming service, which, you know, there have been rumors about this since forever. So... While I did write that article about iTunes Match, and, and it was basically to point out all the problems there were, I'm going to hold off on saying, okay, Apple, you really screwed up, because I'm pretty sure that since iTunes 11 is going to be such a big change, I'm pretty sure that something's going to happen with iTunes Match. At least I, I certainly hope so. If it doesn't, then I'll be really disappointed, and then we can talk about it. We'll have to test that proposition out in a future episode. We have Kirk McElhern joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com in a coming-apart world, you need something to keep it tied together. That something is Atwood Rope, the highest quality rope made in the USA from exotic braids for military, rescue, arborists, shipyards, tow line, or boating. Quality rope at affordable prices you and your customers can depend on. Find a dealer or shop online at atwoodrope.net. Enter promo code RADIO to receive 100 feet of 550 paracord free with purchase. Atwood Rope, working to keep the world tied together. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. What's better than Mountain House freeze-dried food? Buckets of Mountain House freeze-dried food. 
Now the freeze-dry guy introduces convenient, easy-to-store Mountain House survival buckets filled with our top-selling items. Each item is sealed in a Mylar-type pouch, and each pouch is neatly packed in clear buckets so you can easily see the contents inside. These Mountain House survival buckets come with well over a 25-year shelf life and are perfect for emergency preparedness, camping, backpacking, or at-home use. Go to freezedryguy.com, click on freeze-dried foods, and choose our 12-month, 6-month, 3-month, 1-month, or 7-day Mountain House survival bucket with 32 generous servings starting at just $69.95. And all orders to the lower 48 ship free. Call 866-404-3663 or go to freezedryguy.com. That's 866-404-3663 or go to freezedryguy.com. 100% veteran owned. The Freeze Dry Guy. Healthy soils grow healthy plants. So before you plant your survival garden this year, is your soil healthy? Maximize your crisis garden soil with EM1 from Terraganics. EM1 organic soil conditioner, fertilizer amendment, and compost accelerant provides healthier gardens and faster, efficient garden composting. EM1 from Terraganics.com quickly improves soil structure by increasing nutrient availability and converting organic matter into soil humus. This improves seed germination and root growth, improves plant quality, size, color, flavor, nutrient value of fruits and vegetables and improves shelf life. And when rain is not in the forecast, no worries. EM1 improves moisture retention in soils, helping reduce drought stress. Just like you prepare all else, prepare your crisis garden for maximum yields with EM1 from Terraganics.com. Order now at T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Terraganics, life's getting better. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. With Kirk McElhern on the Tech Night Owl Live, we briefly touch on iTunes Match after a year. I did renew for the second year, but some of the defects are still there. Songs that should match are just uploaded from my originals. Now, Eddie Q is responsible for that too, isn't he? I think he was, or he is now. I'm not. I, I don't pay attention too much to the to the program. Um, you know, to to who's playing what on the team. So yeah, I, I think he's in charge of basically online services, and iTunes Match is an online service. But iTunes Match is part of iTunes, and who's in charge of iTunes? I don't even know. I don't know who's who's to blame for all this. Let's just blame everybody. It's all their fault. Well, it's the company's fault. It's Tim Cook's fault in the end. He's at the top of the heap. Right. So, you know, the fact that it doesn't work is because it doesn't work and it's got to be fixed. Exactly. To to be fair, people with small libraries, uncomplicated libraries, people who are mostly using um, iTunes Match for purchased music don't have a lot of problems. That's not true. Because... No, I mean purchased from the iTunes store. All right. Well, then there's no issue and there's no need I don't, for I don't mean purchased, match. legally purchased, as opposed to downloaded. No, no, that's not what I mean. I mean purchased from the iTunes store. And in those cases, um, there are far fewer problems. There are still problems with playlists not syncing correctly and all of that. But the people with the smaller, simpler libraries don't have as much problem be- because they don't have as much music in the first place. Yeah, but you don't need iTunes Match if most of your music comes from Apple. It's when you have music from different sources and you want to put everything together in a convenient way, have them available through all your iOS and Mac and PC devices. 
Venom yeah, but I think I think there are still a lot of people. There are still a lot of people who have a lot of music that they bought from Apple and have some other music that they got in other ways. And those people who are using Match are seeing fewer problems. But it's, you know, it's a crapshoot because I've been in touch with a lot of people. I get um, hundreds and hundreds of emails from, uh, from readers for the Ask the iTunes Guy column. And I see a wide variety of questions that go in every sort of direction. It's really hard to know what the variable is. I mean, there are people who have problems in, in one area and people who say, okay, this works fine, but this doesn't. So it's, it's really a tough call. My biggest issue, though, with iTunes Match has always been that some songs, for unaccountable reasons, do not match. Well, that, when we've discussed this several times since iTunes right. Match came out, and I'm hoping that one of the things I'm really hoping is that the matching algorithm is going to be improved. It's about time, because Apple's online services, I don't care about what they say about NEQ, Apple's online services are imperfect. Over the past few weeks, we've had iCloud outages, email and other service outages. You know, are they going to fire Eddie Q because he's not doing that much better? The, the, the whole iCloud thing is a problem for people who really depend on it for email. Um, th there, was, there was a period, what, a month ago when there was a, an outage of several days for some people. They said it was like a small percentage. I happen to be one of the part of the percentage for whom it was down. Um, I guess they consider you small. They consider me small. It's not, it's not my main email address, but it is an email address I use regularly. So the fact that that happens, I mean, none of these things are going to be 100% uptime, but we want them to be 99.9%. Yes, you have to emphasize the 99% here. Okay? Now, Apple's yeah. executives may be part of the 1%, but Apple's main customers are part of the 99%. That has nothing to do with it. Uh, I'm, I'm confused. All right. Well, you're, you're, you're trying to make a pun, and I'm not like catching up on it. So forget. I know it. the the whole one percent, ninety nine percent thing. Yeah, but I don't. You know, <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> but seriously speaking, here we understand that Eddie Q was put in charge of Mobile Me when the team failed, and supposedly he's done well. Maybe he made it better. But Mobile Me was no great shakes. iCloud is no great shakes. iTools wasn't great. Um, dot Mac wasn't great. None of these things are great. Um, and unfortunately, we've come to accept the non-greatness. We've come to accept the possibility that, okay, it's just going to be a pain and it's going to work most of the time, but not all the time. And I think that's a shame that we have to accept that. I mean, again, we can't get perfection. That's obvious. But we, we shouldn't be forced to accept mediocrity and the other thing too here is apple is not alone with online services we have google we have microsoft as the main purveyors of this amazon is doing something too so in every way that microsoft and google and amazon are perceived to be more efficient or more reliable than apple apple suffers seriously i don't think that prevents people from buying macs and ipads to be honest it, 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 it maybe has an effect on the reputation of the company, but I don't think that much. On the other hand, you know, the perception of Apple being very good about components and hardware 
Now we have maps, doesn't look good. And then we have problems with online services. And the pundits who want Apple's stock, for example, to drop as it did, it's going back up now yep. to some degree, they want to be able to sell Apple short. And so talking down the company in those ways helps. Yeah, and, and I kind of wonder how much money people made selling Apple short because the, the drop was precipitous. Um, and as you say, it started to go back up again in the past week or, or so, um, but there was a huge drop. So, yeah, you know. Isn't that strange how that works, where if you say that a company is going to lose money or a stock price is going to go down, you can still make money. Yeah, uh, the whole short selling thing is a something that I don't really think is honest. So, yeah, um, because there are people who can get enough of a platform to say things and have an effect on a company, and it's just not right, no. And then we look, for example, on reports that Apple is moving more iPads and more iPad minis than expected. Another report saying, well, Apple can't produce enough iPad minis to meet demand for this holiday season. Whom do you trust? I don't trust any of them because everyone has an agenda. Um, we just saw this week a, a story where um, apparently a penny stock was manipulated with a press release suggesting that Google had bought a company. And everyone in the world reported this. And, of course, the stock went up about 8 million percent. And, you know, it was a very well thought out pump and dump scam where people obviously managed to then sell the stock and make a fortune and screw you know, the people who came in later. Um, I think we have a real problem with the way information is reported with this sort of stuff. And people are going to manipulate, whether it be for a tiny company like that or a big company like Apple, as long as they know that they can get information out into the marketplace um, that will affect the stock price, they're going to keep trying. And it's not legal. I mean, it's not technically illegal. I mean, you can uh, it get is something opinion to a dime it, a dozen. It, it, no. No, it is it isn't 100% illegal. And in fact, what can happen with this thing with the press release is I'm pretty sure, because I know this happened in the past, I read about this, I'm pretty sure that they can actually reverse those purchases and sales and make the people give back the money. I'm pretty sure. I'm not 100% sure, but I know that this is possible in some cases. Okay, so in this particular case, there may be some reason to do that, but it's never done. Even if it's technically illegal, I don't then, know. it's never done. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have the means to invest in the stock market, so it's not something I follow very closely. Yes, and I have not done much with stocks. I mean, the only time I ever did is a long time ago. My brother had a small entertainment company, and he gave me 10,000 shares of stock worth a couple of dollars. I right. tried to turn in that money. But the stock went down so fast, I couldn't chase ahead of it. Yeah. So there you go. Didn't work for me in the stock market. Also, you know, I followed the ethical practice. I do not invest in the companies I report. Had I bought Apple stock when it was $13, I said, the heck yep. with the ethics, I'd be very yep. rich today. Yep. Or Or Amazon when it was, I don't know, around the same. Back in the day, not that long ago, even Amazon was was very low. But you, you either have that in your DNA or you don't. I mean, you're either interested in investing or you're not. And it's true that you know, if you look at Apple, not only was it thirteen dollars, but the stock has split what twice since then. Um, so you know, 
I don't like. I don't think about those things. I don't see, think about those missed opportunities because you just get angry with yourself for not seeing the future. Yet at the time, you obviously couldn't see the future. So, you know, you don't know today what's going to happen to Apple tomorrow. Exactly. I mean, everything is coming up roses. The stock price was, as we did the show, five hundred eighty-two dollars. It may be very different when you hear the show, but five years from now, it may be twelve dollars. Who knows? We have Kirk McElhern joining us. He can't even afford the $12, and I can't either. So we don't do the stocks. You're listening to the Tech Night Out Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Smokers, are you still smoking traditional cigarettes? Are you still smelling up your clothes and car interior, staining your teeth, and getting ashes everywhere? Why? When you could be smoking or vaping with e-cigarettes by LaSig. With LaSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replacement cartridges, you'll get all the satisfaction of smoking, but no smoking hazards. Choose from a wide variety of our new American-made vaporiate e-liquid flavors at lasig.com, spelled L-E-C-I-G.com, or call 870-518-4307. That's 870-518-4307. Lasig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker. Warning: E-cigs may contain nicotine, an addictive substance known to the state of California to cause birth defects or cancer. Please be aware of the risks associated with e-cigs prior to use. You must be 18 years or older to purchase. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. I mean, of course, we can also engage in lots of conspiracy theories. We don't do conspiracy theories on this show. I know there's a conspiracy theory, you might have heard of this, Kirk McElhern, where some European source was reporting that Apple had decimated the programming team for Logic Studio, which is, of course, their audio product, their audio app, the music creation app, decimated. And then there was another story from Jim Dalrymple of The Loop, and when he says something, he's 99, 44 hundredths percent accurate. He said, nope. Yep. No truth to it. Yeah. I just saw what Jim said, and as you say, he's, when, when he comes out and says something like that, it means that he's got a source. So 
I don't know what the interest, why, why someone would report that. You know, I see, I get information sometimes from people who know people who know people. And it's a tough call whether you actually pass that information on to someone unless you really know, unless you can be really sure. And, and, and of course, the information has to be useful. It's not just like, you know, so-and-so is updating a, a program or something. But all of these things, you have to wonder what the motivation is for someone to share this information in the first place. Apple certainly leaks certain things, um, but people at Apple who aren't asked to leak things don't leak things because they lose their jobs. Apple is one of the companies that is extremely, what's the word, rigid about that sort of thing, and rightly so because they're very secretive about their products and all that. Um, so if people leak things from Apple, it's, it's a risk to them. When, when you see information that is supposedly coming from a source inside Apple, you always have to assume that it's doubtful. I mean, the kind of information that we do see that is sometimes valid is, you know, okay, the new iPad's going to be this size because so and such and such company that's making components has leaked the picture and, and that sort of stuff. You know, we see it in, in the launch up to a product announcement over the weeks that come as that information gets refined, and, and we've been seeing a lot more of it lately. Um, you can't ever stop all those leaks but when it comes to leaks regarding personnel and internal things um i think just it's best to ignore them unless it's bloomberg news or unless apple makes the official announcement right but that's not a leak when it's apple it's not a leak when it's bloomberg news it's probably not either because they they need to have two sources at least i assume they do they're going to get reliable sources before they come up with someone or if it's the wall street journal or if it's you know MacWorld or anything like that the MacWorld doesn't report that sort of stuff Let's move to another subject. You reviewed the iPad Mini against the Kindle Paperwhite, which is one of the newest Kindle ebook readers. It's the backlit Kindle. Yeah, it's not it's not the tablet, um, the Kindle Fire, but it's the backlit Kindle. So it's e-ink with a backlight. Technically, it's not a backlight because the light is at the bottom of the screen and sort of goes up through the screen. Um, but it it's a light behind the thing. Um, I was I like the the idea of the Kindle device that's dedicated to reading. I like the fact that with the Kindle, you can read outdoors, which you can't with the iPad. Um, so I ordered the Kindle Paperwhite, out of, mostly out of curiosity. And I, it just, it's a fail. The, the light isn't bright enough. Um, you could see the, the, the marks of the different LEDs at the bottom of the display. I'm not one who's really sold on the whole e-ink thing to start with. Um, and so basically, I just sent it back. I kept it for one day. I sent it back. It's, it's just a piece of crap, in my opinion. Um, I have a Kindle Touch, and I use it sometimes to read outdoors. As, as I said, the iPad, you can't really do that very well. Um, if you've got any light, it's going to reflect off the screen. But the paper white, it just isn't worth it for me. It's, the lighting isn't good enough to read indoors. And as I said, since I have a touch, I don't want to use it to read outdoors. So I was very disappointed. On, on my website, com, you can look for the story, and you'll see I have a photo comparing the, the brightness of the two. Um, it's obvious that both at maximum brightness, the, the paper white is nowhere near as bright as the iPad. Now, looking at Amazon's price, in the U.S., it might be different there in Europe. It's $119 for the basic Kindle Paperwhite. There's a version for $179, the 3G version, which provides the online access. Right. It says it has eight-week battery life, even with the light on. Holds up to 1,100 books. 25% better contrast 
for sharp, dark text. The contrast is certainly better than the one that doesn't have a backlight. My point is simply that the backlight isn't good enough to make it worth buying. Note that that 119 price is the ad-supported version. It's 139 if you don't want ads on your screen. I like the Kindle. I like the concept of the Kindle. I think it's a great idea. It's a device that's only for reading. It's a lot cheaper than an iPad or than a, uh, any other tablet. Um, but it's just not there yet, in my opinion. The, the backlighting is just crappy. When you look at the pictures on Amazon's website, they're all bogus pictures. They're not real pictures of people holding the device. They're pictures where they've pasted on a white, uh, a white image with text on it. Um, it's not at all like reality. In fact, they should, be, they should be punished for this sort of false advertising, for not showing actual pictures of the device. Isn't that what Nokia did with their Lumia 920? They extolled the virtues of the camera, but the pictures you saw in the ads were taken with pro cameras. I don't know, but I, I think that, you know, just look at the Amazon website and look at all these pictures um, where you see that there is this perfect white background on the screen and you don't see any of the bleed from the LEDs in the bottom. You know, it's clearly that they just took black text on a white page on a computer screen, took a screenshot, and pasted that on. And you can tell no matter what angle it is, the white is exactly the same. I mean, it's just bogus. It's, it's just dishonest. Um, I think they really shouldn't be so dishonest. It kind of reminds me of what a lot of consumer products do. Like, for example, food products. And you see these in Consumer Reports, they have a page on this, where they show the picture. Say you, you buy frozen food, and there's some kind of pasta meal with chicken. It looks Beautiful with all the vegetables. The package, yeah, it looks all great. right, tons of chicken, delicious. If that was the meal, it would be yep. amazingly good. Just looking and at then, it, forgetting about what it tastes like. Then you open the then, bag. And it, it's like dog food, basically. <laughs> Listen, if I was the dog, I'd say, I don't want this. Yeah. I'd be barking up a storm. You know, yeah. you get something half filled, it looks like mush. And you wonder why aren't the regulatory authorities going against these companies and saying, look, you can't do that. You should make a product illustration substantially like the real product. And maybe it doesn't matter for $3.29 for a frozen food. It doesn't matter as much because you buy it once. If you don't like it, you don't buy it again. Big deal. But if you're paying $119 or $20 more if you want to remove the ads for a consumer electronics product, and the picture you see is downright deceptive, somebody should be doing something about it. I mean, if I see a picture of something that Apple does, usually the product does what they say it does. All right, maybe Siri is not as accurate as it is with Samuel L. Jackson. But as a manner of speaking, you're getting pretty much the product that they're promoting. Yeah, another good example of that is TVs. When you look at any picture of a TV, the pictures are all bogus. Um, now... You really shouldn't buy an expensive TV without going to a store and seeing it, but a lot of people do. Um, you just know that any picture you see is not real and that the TV won't look like that. But should we th think that? I mean, I don't think that's fair that we should just assume that it's bogus and accept it. Well, and and again, I, for a TV, yeah, we're talking about something that could be 500 or 1000 or $5,000. So well, consider that. Consider that for a moment. You're buying a TV set. And you're basing it, if you can't see the TV in a consumer electronics store, and not all of us live near Best Buy or something. Do you live near a consumer electronics store where you live? 
Um, they sell TVs in supermarkets here. There's one store that does appliances and TVs, but there's no real store that's like really specialized in consumer electronics, no. So you see a handful of models, that's it? Yeah. Okay. And what you see here are the, the most popular low-priced models um, rather than the ones that you would want to look at. You know, it's, it's the ones that the, that the stores get the most profit margin on, basically. Right, or the most volume. Like, for example, in this country, you have Vizio, which is an American-based company, and they assemble their parts overseas. And actually, it was started with former Gateway executives, and they know how to make really inexpensive TVs. And I'll tell you more about that in a moment. We have Kirk McElhern on the Tech Night Out Live. Ray Perkins a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Attack! of the Rockwells. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack, Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack, Attack. Of the Rockwell, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Gold isn't for you? Ted Anderson, president of Midas Resources, one of the world's premier gold and precious metal investing firms. I get it. You wouldn't buy gold if you believed that the government is doing a great job, that the Fed will stop handing out trillions of dollars like bailout candy, that Social Security would be there for you. That's not what's happening. You might even pass on gold if the stimulus package wouldn't fuel inflation, or that the dollar wouldn't lose value, or that your retirement would be secure. If all looks rosy to you, then now is not the time to buy gold. For the realists, there have never been more sobering reasons to diversify with gold. Since 2001, the U.S. dollar index has tanked 30%, while gold has risen 300%. Right now, savvy investors are adding gold to their portfolios. You should, too. Find out what they know. Call us, and I'll send you 10 reasons why gold will do very well, free. 800-686-2237. 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. This is a high Christmas priority for the survivalist on your gift list. For a very limited time, MyPatriotSupply.com is offering 30% off a special Christmas preparedness package. Now through December 14th only. Stuff a stocking with a preparedness package that includes a 72-hour, 16-serving food kit, an emergency quick stove with four fuel discs, plus a five-pack of replacement fuel discs, two Life Straw personal water filters, one magnesium fire starter, a four-pack of waterproof matches, and a $25 gift certificate to MyPatriotSupply.com. Regularly over $140, but now only $99. With free shipping to the lower 48, only from MyPatriotSupply.com and only through December 14th. Hurry to MyPatriotSupply.com or call 866-229-0927. That's 866-229-0927. Before it's time to survive, it's time to prepare. Merry Christmas from MyPatriotSupply.com. 
Here it comes, another cold and flu season. Get ready for it and save now during the pre-winter sale at HerbalHealer.com. Don't be without powerful natural flu fighters like elderberry power capsules. They support the immune system and they have antiviral properties. Another powerful antiviral is olive leaf capsules, highly recommended by Herbal Healer Academy. Also on sale is Physician Strength Oregacillin, a savior for the lungs. It fights bacteria, virus, and fungus. Our famous four herb capsules are a gentle liver cleanser and can be taken daily. Also featured this winter are the homeopathic detoxes, liver, kidney, lung, lymph, whole body, and brain detox on sale. And remember, as always, new customers get a free 128-page catalog with your order. Log on and hit the pre-winter specials at HerbalHealer.com. Healing the world with nature, one person at a time, since 1988. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. We're talking about TVs, what you see in the ad and the reality of what you see when you take it home after spending 500 or $1,000. Now, Vizio has adopted the idea of selling something really inexpensive with a lot of value. So, for example, if you spend $500 on a Vizio set, maybe the top-level drawer brands like a Panasonic or a Sony, you'd end up spending a couple hundred dollars more for about the same quality. Right. But I've seen their ads, and the pictures are all pretty decent. And with TV sets, though, let's be frank about it. Today, because so many sets have the same generic parts, even the worst TV has an acceptable picture. You know, I haven't shopped for TV in three or four years, but yeah, um, you're probably right. Uh, although I've seen some pretty cheap TVs when I go through the supermarkets here and, and see them on. Some of them look pretty bad. So I don't know. We get some pretty cheap Chinese brands here. Uh, well, maybe where you, you live. Maybe it's just the selection. I, th- I think you've still got a level of, of non-quality that exists at the low end. Right, but if you go into a store and the picture looks horrible, you just don't buy the set. Uh, the point is that if it's online, um, you're not going to see that. And maybe for whatever reason you see good reviews or something or there's a special deal and you might buy something. And I mean, uh, I think a TV is a very egregious example because they never, ever, ever show real pictures. So you know you're never going to get what you've seen on, on a website or in a product brochure. Absolutely. There's no way. That's always illustrated, partly because taking an actual photograph of the TV working is going to be difficult. It's not easy to get the right lighting for the TV set and to get enough light from the screen to get that balanced. Well, one thing that's interesting, I'm just looking at um, Apple's iPad photos and apple has a reflection on all their photos and i find that interesting now their photos are obviously doctored too but they don't look as doctored as others like if you see the ipad on an angle the picture looks like it's on an angle if you look at the kindle paperwhite that we talked about earlier the picture doesn't look like an angle you don't get any change in contrast or brightness because it's angled Apple does, and you get this little reflection that makes you think it's more real, even though we know that the pictures aren't real. Well, at least they're trying to match, we hope, as closely as possible what the reality is. 
Isn't that the difference? And they do so quite well. Because we've got iPads, we know what it looks like, and when you look at these pictures, you don't feel deceived. You feel that they are somewhat, you know, realistic. Well, that's showing but, care in presenting and advertising for a product, that's all. Yeah. No, with the, with the Kindle, I was really disappointed because it was such a huge difference between reality and what Amazon presented. In fact, I should write a, a, an article about this on my blog about how disappointing it is that they can't, they simply can't show what it really looks like on their website. Yes. Because they know that people wouldn't buy it. Now, I just have a quick comment to make. When you build an item and you put it for sale, we're going to build this product, we're going to sell it to people, don't we want to make it at least meet a certain minimum standard of quality? has to be at least acceptable for the purpose for which it's designed. And that's not true, of course, in the PC world so much. A lot of the very entry-level PCs, the netbooks, for example, they were barely usable. Yeah, you know, there are brands that don't care as much about their image and just care about moving product. Amazon is a strange company because Amazon's goal isn't so much to sell the hardware, and we, it's pretty clear that they're not making money off of it. It's to sell the other products that go with it. So, you know, the Kindle is the razor and the, the e-books are the, the blades. But again, people are willing to accept that lack of quality because, okay, the, the, the Kindle with e-ink has huge battery life and holds, you know, thousands of books and all that. Um, if your eyes are such that you can read the non-backlit Kindle, you've accepted it and gotten used to it. With the Paperwhite, it's the same thing. If, you, if it works for you, you're going to accept it. You're not going to demand that it be any better because I think we've just all gotten used to accepting mediocrity in these sorts of products. And, and of course, this isn't the case with Apple except for Siri and Maps and iTunes Match and iCloud and MobileMe and, you know, services. Um, with Apple products, we don't see that because Apple pays a lot more attention to getting the products right. Well, even the worst Apple product, you take a look at it, it pretty much does what Apple claims it'll do. You may not like the quality. You may not like the product. You may decide this is not for me, but it'll still do what it's supposed to do. I'm trying to think of an Apple product that was bad in the sense of being bad, not in the sense of not being appropriate for the marketplace and things like that. And I can't really think of one other than the Newton maybe, but then, you know, going back 15 years, um, I can't think of anything recently that could be called bad. I mean, I can think of things that weren't great. The Cube wasn't great. The, the Apple Hi-Fi wasn't great. And there were things like that. Uh, aside from services, I can't think of an Apple product that I would actually call bad. Well, I had a PowerBook 5300 CE. And it was okay when it worked. It was okay when it worked, but it went back to Apple four or five times. In a yeah, situation but, like that, we had unreliability. My son had a 2008 yeah. black MacBook. We've talked about this before. A million times. We, right. we talked about my iMac problem last year. Um, that's a lemon. That's not a bad product. And right. So I consider that a little bit different. Sometimes it's just bad luck. You just get a lemon, and there's nothing you can do about it. I think where I was upset with Apple is the first two or three times this product developed defects, Apple should have said then, you know what? Replace it. Forget about yeah. this. Yeah, I agree. I think that's it. We know that if you're building 100 million products a year of different types, there's going to be a fraction of 1% that will be defective. Yeah, and, and the way the company reacts to those defective products is what makes you like the company or not. You have to hope that they show they care. I mean, they yep. did offer to fix 
my son's computer twice out of warranty. I think they should have replaced it. But it does work, except for the DVD drive, which is broken. Where you go. Right. So I guess for most people, they did their job. And if the product had developed three or four repairs in the first few months, they would 100% replace it. No question asked. Yeah, they're good about that. But again, things go bad. I, I was unlucky with my iMac. I've been very lucky with the Mac Mini that I bought to replace it. Um, and in fact, I was talking with a friend yesterday about the perspective of a new MacBook Pro. And I was saying to him, you know, the only thing that could get me to switch from this Mac Mini is if the MacBook Pro, the, the mythical mini tower MacBook Pro or whatever it would be called, um, that had room for, say, four hard drives. You're talking about the Mac Pro, not the MacBook Pro. If the mythical Mac Pro that we've talked about for years, a sort of mini tower came out and had room for like four hard drives, that's probably the only way I would switch from the Mac Mini that I currently have. Well, we have to think Apple is promising a new Mac Pro in 2013. Tim Cook promised it. Will Apple consider the fact that, that thing weighs over 40 pounds? But the biggest Mac of 20 years ago, the Macintosh 2X weighed 24 pounds. They've got to make up some efficiency there. If, if the new Mac Pro is smaller than a freezer, then it might be useful. Kirk McElhern, where do we find more of your stuff that's not in the freezer? Uh, com, my website, and on Macworld, where you'll find me a couple times a week with articles about iTunes and Macs and other things. Kirk McElhern, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me again, Gene. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are... The GCN Radio Network. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Smokers, are you still smoking traditional cigarettes? Are you still smelling up your clothes and car interior, staining your teeth, and getting ashes everywhere? Why? When you could be smoking or vaping with e-cigarettes by LaSig. With LaSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replacement cartridges, you'll get all the satisfaction of smoking, but no smoking hazards. Choose from a wide variety of our new American-made Vapriate e-liquid flavors at LaSig.com, spelled L-E-C-I-G.com, or call 870-518-4307. That's 870-518-4307. LaSig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker. Warning, e-cigs may contain nicotine, an addictive substance known to the state of California to cause birth defects or cancer. Please be aware of the risks associated with e-cigs prior to use. 
You must be 18 years or older to purchase. Iodine protection packs from HempUSA.org are now in stock for immediate delivery worldwide. Our iodine protection packs include micro plant powder, green life kelp, red palm oil, and our clear roll-on iodine that will feed the body the iodine it needs. All iodine protection packs are in stock, save you money, and ship for free in all 50 states. Visit HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. HempUSA.org has a revolutionary wonder food for detoxing the body and rebuilding the immune system. Microplant powder can help unclog arteries and soften heart valves while removing heavy metals, virus, fungus, bacteria, and parasites. Plus, it cleans and purifies the blood, lungs, stomach, and colon. Keep your body clean with Microplant powder. Visit us at HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. You know what happens to your digestive health around the holidays? Right. Unusual schedules and foods you don't normally eat can cause upset stomach and indigestion. But you can prepare your digestive tract with Pro-EM-1 Probiotic Cleanse from Terraganics.com. Pro-EM-1 is all natural and made with certified organic ingredients. It contains no genetically modified ingredients or preservatives and has no animal products, wheat, soy, dairy, or gluten. Pro-EM-1 does not require refrigeration, so you can take it with you over the river and through the woods to Grandma's house. Pro-EM-1 supports a healthy, regular digestive system, supports weight loss, and improves absorption of food nutrients. Improve your digestion and keep off those extra pounds with Pro-EM-1 Probiotic Cleanse. Call or click TerraGanix.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com. Toll-free, 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. TerraGanix, life's getting better. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. Now, of course, we wanted to have Peter Cohen return to us, but of course, the problem is he looked up our location in Apple's new maps, you know, which came out with iOS 6, and it got lost in the field somewhere. Is that true, Peter Cohen? Yeah, you know, they didn't speak English there, and I think that they were cannibals, too. You know, on our other radio show, The Powercast, we're featuring a fellow named David Politis, who has a book about people who disappear in national forests around the U.S. and Canada. Yeah, that could have happened with iOS 6 maps, for sure. I also understand they know how to melt bridges and the Statue of Liberty. They did that very well. Is it maybe because, in this case, Scott Forstall's job was melting away? Well, you know, of course, in the week since uh, Forstall was um, announced, it was announced that uh, that Forstall's uh, role at Apple had been reduced to consultant. They've also let go the uh, the manager who was in charge of maps as well. So I think they're uh, systematically cleaning house. Um, on the software side of things, which is good because uh, God knows Apple's uh, reputation has suffered a little bit with some real foul-ups with, uh, with software over the course of the past few years. Well, the maps here, I kind of wonder if it would have been better, and I've said this before and some people say you're being absurd, it would have been better to simply put a beta label on it. That could have ameliorated some problems, I guess. 
you know, say, look, folks, this is a great new interface, but, you know, maps take time. It's going to require you working with us. We want you, the Apple customer, to work with us to make this the best mapping product on the planet. Yeah, I mean, you know, Apple did it for Siri, obviously, and that's not the first time either. Um, you know, Apple has um, has uh, many times in the course of their history uh, released software publicly as beta. I mean, OS X started out as a public beta and only eventually, um, uh, you know, was released as, as, as commercially available software. That was, of course, in September of 2000, public beta 29.99 or something like that. And then in March of the following year, it came out for the full price, 129 as a final release, except if you paid for the public beta, you got a discount. So, you know, Apple certainly has that history. That, that could have been one thing that they could, they could have done. Uh, another thing that they could have done was better quality control. You know, I mean, the, the, the problem should have been readily apparent to them if they'd done a, a careful look at um, you know, a comparison of of the way that that the product worked compared to uh, compared to uh, the Maps product that used Google data. Well, I think here there was a lot of hubris involved, and maybe Scott Forstall believed, "Hey, you know what? We're going to do better. We're Apple. It's perfect." And he, for whatever reason, overlooked these defects or figured they'd be fixed in the mix, as they say in the music. You know, I can't really uh, opine upon what Scott Forstall was thinking or what he wasn't thinking. All I know is that um, I, I'm reasonably certain that the buck stopped with Scott Forstall uh, because it was a software issue, and that, of course, was his bailiwick. And uh, that is ultimately one factor that led to his downfall. But, you know, a lot has been published um, in the course of the past few weeks um, discussing about how um, unliked he was within Apple. And, um, I mean, just, just today, for example, uh, the BBC published an interview with Tony Fidel, uh, the ex-iPod um, chief of Apple, who went on the ex-iPod chief of Apple, who um, now has uh, the, or now runs the Nest thermostat company. Um, he, Let's uh, think here. Because if Scott Forstall was so oppressive to him, he figured... Why do I want to do this, take this aggravation? I'd rather make thermostats? Well, I, I think you're, you're jumping to an intuitive uh, leap there that, that may not be merited. I, I, I'm not sure exactly what Tony's um, uh, justification for leaving Apple was. But the bottom line is, uh, when the BBC asked him about what he thought about Scott Forstall's um, departure from Apple, he said Scott got what he deserved. I think what happened just a few weeks back was deserved and justified, and it happened. So, uh, you know, I guess there's no love lost between those two. And, uh, you know, that's, that's pretty out of character for uh, somebody who's worked at Apple to so um, uh, strenuously uh, uh, sort of uh, um, uh, speak poorly of of one of their colleagues that's that's definitely not in the apple dna so it was really kind of surprising to see and i think it goes to show you just how um how how raw uh forstall rubbed some of his colleagues there the raw nerves now they say of course that steve zanofsky the former windows chief at microsoft was also pretty abrasive but they put up with him for 23 years so how abrasive do you have to be 
Well, you know, he wasn't always in charge of Windows either. He kind of made his way to that position over a long period at, at, at Microsoft. Microsoft has a very different corporate culture than Apple does, though. And I mean, you know, the way that Ballmer's been running the show for a number of years now, uh, I, I think that, that abrasion is, is, is a key element in middle and senior management at that company, you know, because, uh, you know, that they, the, the way that they promote people from within, the way that they judge people's performance um, is, uh, uh, you know, definitely brings out the worst in people, um, unfortunately. Uh, but yes, yeah, Sanofsky's gone as well. So maybe Scott Forstall and Steve Sanofsky can go off and start a company together. Well, of course, there are those non-compete clauses where they can join a company that would compete with what they did at Apple and at Microsoft. And remember also that Forstall is still an advisor to Tim Cook for the next year. You know, you kind of think here that basically Scott Forstall is being paid to stay home. I can't really believe that he as an advisor is actually physically in the Apple offices during this period. Yeah, it just keeps him on the payroll and, you know, keeps him out of harm's way. Right. And then there's the non-compete clause. So what is it, a year or two that he can't work with another company doing similar things? So it's not as if, for example, Microsoft could hire him. It's going to vary from company to company. But, yeah, I'm sure that... uh, um, anyone who uh, takes a look at hiring Forstall is going to want to look over his employment contract with Apple uh, to make sure that, um, that, th- that there isn't a problem, for sure, for sure. But you have to look at it this way. Forstall is a multimillionaire. I don't know what kind of family situation he has. But I know if someone was giving me $40, 50000000 million, which is kind of like what he's worth, I'd say, why do I need the rat race? I've got all the money I need for the rest of my life. Let me take a few years off, ponder what I've done, see what routes I have open to me, and then maybe do something. Where the rush? No rush. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. You know, it's, it's you know, the, the, the disadvantage of being in, a, in such a senior position at a place like Apple is, of course, there are very few places to go um, that are going to provide you with any kind of upward mobility unless you start a company or unless you're brought in in the senior management of a very successful company. Uh, but it's the sort of thing where uh, he's in a, a unique position of, of not having um, uh, to, 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 to rush into something else either. So um, good for him. You know, I, I hope that, uh, that he takes his time and uh, does something meaningful with the rest of his life. I mean, he's, in his, he's in his early 40s. Well, the other thing, of course, is if he does have the personality conflict, maybe what he needs to do is go to a therapist and say, look, people can't stand me. People hate me. Maybe there's something I can do to get along better with others. That's all. You think about that? Maybe he can drink Drano, whatever. Oh, we have Peter Cohen. Never drinks Drano. He's one of the angry Mac bastards. We've got lots more to come. And by the way, if you have a comment or a question about the Tech Night Out Live, Write us, news at technightowl.com. Once again, that's news at technightowl.com. We promise you we will read and we'll answer every letter we get. Really, as long as it's not spam, we'll answer it. How about that? On the Tech Night Owl Live. Are 
Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Attack! Of the Rockaway. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans the galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack, Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. Attack, Attack. Of the Rockwell, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. For all women and men who wish their fingernails were harder, this Christmas, wishes come true. Introducing Nails of Steel, a new revolutionary nail hardener. Nails of Steel puts muscle into your soft nails with a creamy, rich, natural herbal formula that is antifungal, hypoallergenic, and biodegradable. Just massage a drop of Nails of Steel over your natural or polished nails and go. With Nails of Steel, there's virtually no drying time. Within the first week, you'll notice your nails getting stronger to eliminate breaking, chipping, splitting, hangnails, Nails and fungus. Nails of Steel makes a great stocking stuffer for women or men. And right now, get three one-ounce bottles for only $74.95. That's about a $5 price break on each bottle that'll last you for months. Visit nailsofsteel.com. That's nailsofsteel.com. Nails of Steel. It's like a salon in a bottle. You know the Constitution like the back of your hand. You've read books. Listened to podcasts, attended lectures, surfed websites, and watched videos. You've made liberty your life's goal, but something seems to be missing. Stickers from LibertyStickers.com. Exercise your freedom of speech with the world's most dangerous bumper stickers. That's LibertyStickers.com. But wait. There's more. You can buy Liberty Stickers wholesale. Get them for 99 cents each when you put 100 or more in your shopping cart in any combination. Sell them or give them away. They're great for gun shows, flea markets, fairs, outreach, and more. Earn extra money, promote freedom, and spread the word. Need custom stickers, labels, or decals for your organization or business? Liberty Stickers makes them. Go to libertystickers.com to order. Call 877-873-9626. Libertystickers.com. The world's most dangerous stickers. A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even though I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months. 
simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. And check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle live with Gene Steinberg. Peter Cohen joining us. He's, of course, part of the Angry Mac Bastards radio show. He has been off the radar for a short period of time. No, folks, he was not abducted by aliens. I wanted to refute that rumor. Is that correct? I can neither confirm nor deny that. Oh, okay. Well, now we may have another story for our other radio show. Bring Peter Cohen on and, you know, the seven years he was... No, it didn't take seven years. Anyway, we're glad to have you back. Let's uh, look... The light speed you get. Relativistic speed, time changes. Oh, that's what causes it. The speed of relativity, yes. And of course, if you go to warp seven... That does it, right? There we go. All right. Engage. Let's continue with our discussion. Okay. And this other guy, Williamson, was also discharged from Apple. He was like the head of the mapping group. Uh, yes. Yeah. He. It was uh, Maps was was his problem. But he's somebody who has a pretty good record at Apple. He worked at Next. Went to Apple. Has some patents in his name. It's not as if he's somebody who just came there and managed to actually get a good job and then got fired. No, this guy has a long record at Apple. So is it then, I guess, the failure is why he got fired? Well, uh, Scott Fitzgerald had a long record at Apple as well, but that didn't stop uh, Tim Cook from, from cutting him loose. And look, Eddie Q, I mean, you know, Eddie Q took over that division, and, and uh, you know, Eddie Q, I'm sure, had to make some hard decisions. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's it's also... Uh, it was also a play to, to to make investors happy, to show that you know Apple is capable of listening to criticism and doing something meaningful about it when um, they're you know taking a task. No, that's very important there, which is the fact that when something goes wrong at Apple, quick action, off with his head. Don't keep the executives around. I mean, look at Steve Ballmer at Microsoft. Nobody's saying off with his head, and I can't think that his performance on the job is all that great. Well, it hasn't been horrible, but, uh, you know, Microsoft certainly hasn't grown over the course of the past decade that it had grown the, the decade before, and arguably that's Bomber's fault. Uh, as far as quick action is concerned, I mean, this wasn't quick action, right? You know, because Maps came out um, with, with iOS 6, and iOS 6 has been out for a while, and Williamson's departure um, was only a few days ago. So, you know, I don't think Apple does anything according to any timetable um, other than Apple's. Um, and sometimes sometimes that's slow. And, you know, looking at it from the press's perspective, sometimes it's maddening because, uh, you know, you try to get a comment from Apple about a problem, you know, whether it's, you know, with the glass on the iPhone or the antennas or, um, you know, why was iTunes delayed? And Apple takes its own sweet time getting back to you and in some cases won't get back to you if it's not in their interest to respond to you. Um, you know, that's that's the nature of, of the way that things work at Apple. So 
Um, I, I don't see way Richard Williamson's uh, departure from Apple as as you know a rapid fire response to the failure of Maps. I see it as as on balance a, a measured response, uh, you know, from a senior management that takes the the problems with that particular application very seriously. Well, it's a case of Buck stopping here. Maybe Eddie Q made a decision saying, "Look, this guy is running this department, this team, and somebody has to take the fall." Yeah. That's it. You know, if the buck stops here, somebody has to take the fall. Scott Forstall took the fall, so this guy, possibly being one of his key lieutenants, also has to take the fall. And it may be lots of legitimate reasons for that. I do see, I don't know how much experience you have with Apple's Maps under the iOS 6 version, but I do see improvement. I really do see some level of improvement. I wasn't seeing a lot of problems with, uh, with, with Maps under iOS 6 to begin with. Um, uh, because I live in a very well-mapped area. But I understand that people have had very real problems. And, yeah, I, I, I also understand that the data set um, that's being used um, to produce those maps is improving over time. So, And that's exactly what Apple said from the start. You know, Apple said, look, you know, work with us here. Um, th- this, this product is, gonna, is going to improve directly proportionally to um, the amount that people use it. You know, the more people use it, the better it will get. And, of course, I understand that if you believe the Bloomberg News report, Eddie Q is working with TomTom to improve integration with their mapping and navigation systems. It's not all Apple. Apple didn't just draw this from scratch. If you look at the About box or information over at Maps on your iOS device, they have partnered with a couple of dozen different companies to provide the information. So if there's something wrong with those links or something wrong with the integration of those links, we can see where problems arise. And if they're going after TomTom, and TomTom's a pretty respected outfit. So if they're not doing the things right, hopefully that will be corrected. This is not to say, though, that Google Maps is perfect. It's far from perfect. No, it's far from perfect. And, you know, the the fact is Apple's Maps uh, are the, the... I don't want to say Apple Maps because uh, and and Google Maps it's a bad nomenclature because uh, the Maps application is and always has been something that Apple has produced. It's just a question of what data set you know it's looking at, and that obviously is what changed with iOS six. Uh, but, but isn't that a distinction without a difference for ever most people? Because here we have Maps with data provided by Google, Maps with data provided by Apple and its partners. So it's easier to say Apple Maps and Google Maps, isn't it? Yeah, I, I agree with you in the interest of brevity, but um, you know, for, for listeners who may not understand the differentiation, I think it's important to clarify. Anyway, uh, you know, whether, whether it's, it's uh, um, all the shortcomings of iOS 6 maps uh, aside, you get things with it that you never got with the old version, like you know, the ability to ask Siri directions um, and have it you know, map out the, the best way for you to get to, from point A to point B and provide that to you with turn-by-turn directions. That's something that you had to pay extra for. Um, you know, turn-by-turn directions is something that you had to pay extra for from a third-party app vendor uh, before now. That's and, and that's not entirely Apple's fault. Google hamstrung Apple in the way that it could use its map data because Google has a vested interest in making Android-based smartphones more capable with its own data than it is in making iPhones capable. Well, it's kind of the argument we raise with Microsoft sometimes, that they cripple the Mac versions of Office because they really want you to get Windows, and they're doing it just to get some extra profits. 
Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, I, I think it's the same parallel, you know, it, it's so... Let us not forget that that Google uh, has it in its own vested interest uh, to make its own products better than Apple's. And that is one of the key reasons why Apple walked away uh, from its license deal with Google for that map data, because Apple felt that it was time to build a better product than it was capable of producing with Google. And it didn't want to be, um, you know, tied to a partner that was... Um, throttling its ability to innovate, you know. So, all right. So, iOS Maps has some warts, um, but on the other hand, uh, it's 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 more tightly integrated with the operating system than ever before, and um, users are getting additional capabilities. They're losing some too. Public transportation—it's a big issue for urban dwellers. Uh, you know, the lack of public transportation mapping um, in in the Maps app, and you know, Apple says, "Well, this is our opportunity to let third-party apps shine." Yeah, but that still means that users are getting nickel and nickel and dime to do the same thing that they could do before. Well, Nokia has a free app that covers hiking, walking, and public transportation, so they don't have to pay for it. The other thing may be that Apple didn't have the time to finish that segment. If it get the basic mapping out of the way, then maybe next year deal with hiking and deal with public transportation. Don't do it all at once. Give the third parties a couple of years to make a profit. I mean, you know that Apple's always innovating, so yeah. You know, this is not the first version. There's going to be a version 2.0 with iOS 7, and they can tell you there's 100,000 fixes or something, because they've made fixes already. It certainly looks better to me. I still see problems, like I mentioned with our previous guest, Kirk McElhern. What you see sometimes is we want to go to a restaurant and then shopping mall or a strip mall for some reason if there's a left turn involved instead of saying left turn on this particular street make a u-turn very very peculiar Mm -hmm. have you noticed that or is that not something you even bother with uh not something i particularly noticed but then again as i said i i'm lucky enough to live in an area uh that is very well mapped so i haven't run into a lot of idiosyncrasies Now, with Google Maps, as I've mentioned in another interview or two, the one problem I saw with a local health food store in a place that has lots of strip malls and regular shopping malls, it was two miles short of the destination of the health food store. So that's pretty screwy, I'll tell you. I didn't expect that of Google Maps. But Google Maps makes the U-turn mistake, too. It's not just Apple. I've seen Google Maps pull that same stunt. We're not pulling stunts on you when we tell you that we have Peter Cohen, He does the Angry Mac Bastards radio show. We always warn people that they work blue. Mac Comics do in the nightclub, so just be aware of that when you hear the show, but you'll still get some great commentary. On the Tech Night Out Live, we have Peter Cohen. He'll be sticking with us for a while longer, so let's move ahead. GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We 
the People Grow Cotton, Weave Fabric, Engrave Ink, Embed Strips and Fibers to Protect from Counterfeit, and Carding to a Private Bank, Having it Led Back at Interest, Forcing Taxes to Service Debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. George Washington said, Government is not reason. It is not eloquence. It is force, like fire. It is a dangerous servant and a fearful master. America's government is no longer the servant of the people and the protector of our liberty, but has become that fearful master. We the people must understand the nature of this government gone awry if we are to be successful in saving our country. America is being deliberately destroyed by a cabal of international gangsters so that she can be forced into subjugation to a one-world government. The God-given, unalienable rights of the Declaration of Independence are in jeopardy. We must not let them be stolen by ambitious and evil men. Utopia Silver Supplements believes it is our God-given right to make our own health care decisions however we deem best. If we can help you with your supplement needs and better health, then help us win this health freedom battle. Visit us today at utopiasilver.com. That's U-T-O-P-I-A silver.com. Or call 888-213-4338. Again, 888-213-4338. Live, but you never know what's going to happen next. And now it's Uncle Gene. Yeah, it's him. We have Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards Radio Show, and of course, you still work with the Loop, right? With Jim Dalrymple, of course. Okay. By the way, this was an interesting story, and we hope to have Jim on again in the near future. There was a report out of Europe, that Apple had decimated the Logic Studio programming group. And, of course, our friend Jim said, nope, no truth to the rumor. How does stuff like that arise? Do people just make it up, or someone hears someone who hurt somebody? Well, that's what it was in this particular case. Um, you know, in, in this particular case, a, you know, a blog of um, foreign origin, if I remember correctly, um, heard through uh, what were alleged to be contacts at Apple that Apple had had cut these people um, from um, this particular group and ended up reporting it as as fact, um, and and that got picked up and repeated. But you know, for my part, and I'm not just saying this because I work with them, I trust Jim's sources more than somebody who I don't know. Also, I don't think it's very often that Jim is ever wrong. Well, uh, when, you know, Jim is or Jim offers his opinion on what's going on at Apple, uh, he very, very rarely is wrong. You're absolutely right about that. He has, I think, sources that he can't reveal, and that's fine. Yeah. It's just amazing how he does it with a nope, with a yap, with a single pithy sentence. But that's where you go. But what about the general professional attitude that Apple has towards their pro users. So, for example, when Final Cut Pro 10 came out, there were criticisms about lost features. Maybe Apple didn't make it so clear this was a new platform. It would take a while to get all the features restored. Things like that. The fact that we're supposed to wait until 2013 for a new Mac Pro. Doesn't that kind of turn off professional content creators who want to be reassured that Apple has their back? I think Apple has a, a very uh, real 
PR issue, if nothing else, uh, when when that happens, um, because you know they've done it with with Final Cut, they've done it with uh, with some of their other um, pro apps, and it, it sends a very mixed message to these people. I think, um, you know, the the fact is that that professionals, uh, creative professionals, especially who make their living um, on the Mac platform, uh, depend on their workflows. Um, to provide them with income. And, you know, Apple has a, a long history of changing things radically as it sees fit uh, in order to drive innovation. Um, and that doesn't always work out, you know, for, for somebody who um, is, is depending on a consistent workflow in order uh, to do their jobs. You can't just pick up an upgrade every time Apple comes out with a new product, but Apple will force you to because Apple will stop selling the old product. You know, it's it's done that with Final Cut, for example. You know, for a while, you could get version 7, um, and uh, uh, and that was finer if you stocked up on, on 7 licenses um, so you could grow your business. That was fine, but eventually, you, have to, you had to move to 10. And by moving to 10, you lost uh, a certain amount of functionality and capability, and... and um, you know that that created growing pains for uh, the third party market that ties into those products, um, as well as the customers themselves. So, yeah, you know, I, I don't have a really good answer for that. It's just it's something that that uh, that troubles me, though, um, and and has for a very long time about the way that Apple does business. Well, I'm also looking about the fact that it does seem as if. Apple is making some really active changes to Final Cut that are improving things. I mean, they've had several free versions of Final Cut. And bear in mind, too, it's $299. So it's not as if this is going to break anybody. And nobody forces you to have to buy that product. I mean, if you're using Final Cut Pro 7 and you're doing your workflow and everything is working and you're making a living, who tells you you have to buy the brand new Apple product? Okay, well, let me put it to you this way, Gene. Let's say that I'm um, uh, running a uh, a, uh, a videography company, um, and where we based our workflow around Final Cut Pro Seven. I've got uh, two edit bays um, that are working with Final Cut Pro Seven, and the volume of work that I've gotten has increased enough that I have to add a third edit bay. Um, so I go out and I buy a brand new machine, only to discover that I can't use Final Cut Pro Seven on that particular system because it's running new operating system software and I don't have a spare copy of Final Cut Pro 7 lying around. What am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to put Final Cut Pro 10 on that one and leave the other ones at 7? Am I supposed to upgrade everybody to 10 and, you know, damn the torpedoes full speed ahead? What if the editor who I'm bringing in doesn't have a lot of experience working with 10? What if he's more comfortable with 7 or he's coming from Avid or something else? You know, th- these, are, these are the kind of issues that, that creative professionals have to deal with. Um, and, and they kind of think that, at least from the discussions that I've had with them, that Apple is really kind of tone deaf to them um, in, in dealing with those sort of problems because, you know, a, Apple is, is very flippant about saying, well, you know, nothing's stopping you from working with the software you have. But, um, you know, in the same token, it, it doesn't give people the ability to maintain status quo uh, until uh, the software has uh, improved enough. Uh, for them to make the switch or until they've had the opportunity to uh, bring people into the fore. Yeah. Well, Apple should be thinking more of the public relations fallout, especially with creative people. 
because they're apt to be more sensitive. I did look at something here which says, this is from Mac Rumors. I just purchased a new Mac Pro. This is from August 7th. And I believe it comes shipped with Mountain Lion installed. Does anyone know if Final Cut Pro 7 will still work with this update? And several people say it works fine. But how do you get a copy of Final Cut Pro 7? Don't they still sell it? I thought they brought it back into stock after people complained. No, they don't. They don't. Uh, I mean, you, you, can, you may be able to find it. You know, I'm sure that there's unsold stock out there, but it's not something that Apple's actively producing anymore, and that's my point. Well, I do know that Apple started selling once again Snow Leopard 10.6. You could still get it. It's not easy to find, but you can still get a copy of Snow Leopard for $19.99 for the DVD, physical media. So if you don't want Lion or Mountain Lion, there's a way. So maybe Apple is persuadable. It's not completely obtuse to this. Perhaps so. But in the future, I think the PR has to be a lot more careful, especially when they make huge changes. They did that, too, of course, with iMovie. If you remember, iMovie had a huge change. You had iMovie HD. And then they come out with a new version just called iMovie for the next version of the iLife suite. And what happens? A lot of features are gone. Not a lot of explanation. Of course, there they kept the older version available, just in case. There you go. So it was possible. But I do agree with you. If you look at Apple's software online right now, the only software they sell is QuickTime Pro and Logic Studio. So you have to look pretty hard to find Final Cut Pro 7. As you say, maybe it's available. Maybe a dealer has it. Maybe Apple should have been more forthcoming about this kind of change. But then we go to the Mac Pro. I do not understand why Apple couldn't have just offered all the newest Xeon and graphics chips this past summer, why wait till next year? Well, I, th- I think the, um, the short answer to that is because Apple just couldn't plug a Xeon chip into um, a, an Ivy Bridge uh, motherboard. You know, the, the rest of the Apple product line um, uses a, a very similar architecture uh, to one another. You know, the, the iMac, the, the Mac Mini... Uh, the MacBook Air and the MacBook Pro, all are um, variations on a theme. You know, there, there's a, a, a wide range of processors and uh, discrete and integrated graphics chips and, uh, you know, memory and storage offerings. But when it comes right down to brass tacks under the hood, um, they're all fairly similar in terms of how they run. The Xeon architecture um, that the Mac Pro uses is fundamentally different. It is a, an enterprise-level um, piece of hardware. It's, it's designed for server use. So, therefore, to get the long and short of it before our break, it would have required major logic board redesign. We have Peter Cohen joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Great.
Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Hi, this is Peter Kronschnabel from Midas Resources. As you know, federal government spending is at an all-time high, and inflation will be a direct result of the spending policy. European government and central bank spending policies have put the European Union on the brink of collapse. What are you doing right now to protect yourself financially? Are your assets working for you or against you? One thing is certain. Having physical possession of gold and silver will guarantee that no matter what happens to our economy or the dollar, your investment will never be worthless. And it will protect you from that hidden tax, inflation. If you've been thinking about investing in physical possession of precious metals or having an IRA in precious metals, I can help. Call me today, Peter Crunch, now at 800-686-2237, extension 108. And I'll take the time to personally put together a portfolio designed to protect what you've worked so hard for. Call 800-686-2237, extension 108. You've worked hard your whole life, and I want to work hard for you. Call Peter at 800-686-2237, extension 108. What looks good under your Christmas tree and tastes even better? Big Berkey water filters. Yes, the gift of clean water. A gift that provides a great foundation for achieving good health in the lives of your loved ones. A Big Berkey water filter gives them protection from bacteria, heavy metals, chlorine, fluoride, pesticides and herbicides, VOCs and more. And best of all, a Big Berkey water filter is a gift that lasts for many years with no additional investment. And that saves time and money in filter replacements that other water filters require and are even powerful enough to purify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water. As always, all orders over $50 are shipped free, and GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Order online at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com, spelled Big, B-E-R-K-E-Y, WaterFilters.com, or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-B-E-R-K-E-Y. Gift well this Christmas. Give a Big Berkey water filter. I have bought a few bottles of heart and body extract and have to say that it it certainly does work. That's what Jack from Michigan had to say after his experience with heart pain and what he did to treat it with heart and body extract. I actually had a huge heart flutter. I was also having some edema around my ankles and very worrisome clot in my uh, right leg that would happen from time to time while I was trying to sleep. Heart and body extract is all natural with no negative side effects. It will help repair or correct past problems associated with the heart and body circulation. After my second bottle of heart and body extract, all problems are now gone. Order at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305. I ordered a third bottle of heart and body extract for maintenance as I want to keep everything working. Order heart and body extract at 866-295-5305 or hbextract.com. Heart and body extract for a long and healthy life. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. Peter Cohen joins us on the Tech Night Owl Live. When we were talking about Apple's concern or lack of concern for the professional market, and you were saying before we split for the break that when it comes to something like the Mac Pro, redesign the logic board for the new Intel Xeon chips, this would have been a pretty much of a job and a half? Well, not only that, but Intel has been uh, slow to produce uh, a significantly different um, server um, hardware as well. So, uh, you know, p- part of the problem is waiting for Intel to, to, to refresh that, that product in a meaningful way. But yeah, I, I have no doubt that we'll see um, a new Mac Pro in 2013, and I suspect it's going to be significantly different from what we expect, or from what we've seen in the past. Well, I was suggesting here in one of my articles that what they really need to do is get the weight off it. I can't believe that Apple can't design a computer with all the bells and whistles, three PCI expansion slots, four hard drive bays, and everything else, and have to be a 40-pound behemoth. The original Macintosh 2X, which had all that expandability, weighed 24 pounds in 1989. True, true. The fact is that the form factor of the Mac Pro has never significantly changed. If you set a, a Mac Pro uh, from 2009 um, against one from 2012, uh, you would be hard-pressed to to, um, to tell them apart from one another, except for some small differences. So it's, a, it's an industrial design, not just what's inside, but what's outside. You know, it's an industrial design that... Uh, is long overdue for a refresh. And you've seen that throughout out the rest of Apple's product line, so I have little doubt that it's coming. And as you say, how much faster would the current Intel chips be, assuming you can get the logic board and other enhancements past it, whereas in 2013, summer of 2013, there'll be another new Intel product family, maybe things would be a lot different. Is it worth buying a new computer that will be 10% faster now? How much faster would it have been? Well, you know, I'm still working with the 2009 model that I'm very happy with, but it is getting long in the tooth. You know, there's no question that it's uh, it's it's seen better days at this point, but it's still chugging along. You know, and I mean, you know, in terms of longevity, I probably got the same, if not better, longevity out of my Mac Pro that I have out of um, any other system that that I bought for that era. In fact, I can't think of too any, too many other machines that I've owned for the. Actually, no, this isn't a 2009 model. This is a 2008 model. Uh, that I've that I've got that are that old that old. So yeah, I mean it's it certainly held up well. But I, you know, comparing it against last year's model or you know the model nine months ago, may be a mistake. Uh, you know, in terms of what you can get now, because the Mac Pro is designed you know for heavy use. It is designed to 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 last a very long time, and uh, I think that that's part of Apple's rationale as well. They recognize that people aren't going to go out and replace a Mac Pro as often as they might, let's say, a MacBook Air. Not only because it's a more expensive machine, but also because, you know, its its use case is very different. And the improvement levels don't come as quickly. Now, I should tell you, I got myself a 2008 Mac Pro. 
In 2009, I bought the new iMac, okay, with the optional four-core processor. In my case, it was actually a somewhat faster machine. So I bought the iMac, sold the 30-inch display and the Mac Pro of the previous year, and got change after the sale. So I still have the 2009 iMac. I mean, the current models are probably, what, 30 40% faster. Maybe next year I'll buy a new one. But I got a lot of life out of it. And also, for a lot of professional users, they don't need that great expandability of the Mac Pro. The iMac is, as they say, a level below, but not a big level below. The other issue is, if it ever comes into its own with peripherals, the Thunderbolt port will give them a lot of those expandability options, eventually, we hope. Yeah, externally, obviously, but sure. I, and, you know, I think it's a mistake to look at the iMac as a less capable machine than the Mac Pro. You know, it used to be, years ago, uh, when the iMac was first introduced, it was squarely, um, you know, aimed at consumers. It was you basically know. a notebook with a physical desktop arrangement. It used notebook components. It still is. I, you know, for all intents and purposes, it still is. And especially the new one that ships uh, uh, this week, you know, is, is essentially a... Um, a MacBook Air, uh, you know, put on the desktop, uh, you know, with obviously with 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 a hard drive. But uh, you know, you look at how thin it is, and, and you realize that that never would have been possible if they didn't crib heavily from the work that they've been doing um, on on the MacBook Air. But the the iMac is 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 Apple's mainstream professional machine. You go into businesses that are using Macs. If they've got desktop computers, they're using iMacs. You know. Uh, they're, they're, the iMac is the mainstream business machine. Lots of people do creative work on it. Lots of people do video editing on it. Lots of people do music production on it. Lots of people use it for graphic design and page layout. All the traditional creative endeavors where Apple has always sort of held the uh, uh, the upper hand, you know, they're using iMacs to do this stuff. And, you know, iMacs are very capable business machines. The Mac Pro is kind of a special use scenario yeah, or a special use case for, for Apple products. It's, it's much more utilitarian. You know, it's designed for expandability. Um, it's designed to accommodate uh, peripheral interfaces that um, other Macs cannot. You know, it's designed to do some heavy lifting for um, uh, really broad, um, uh, high bandwidth stuff, you know, like uncompressed video and stuff like that or you know, massive data throughput um, with, you know, fiber channel and so forth um, that, that you just can't do on any other Mac because they lack the appropriate interfaces to do it. But from that perspective, the Mac Pro is sort of like the Mac truck of Mac products. And, you know, the iMac is is more of a BMW. Well, we don't need to have a Rolls Royce, or at least most people don't. But I don't think Apple's going to stop making those machines. I think the conspiracy theory has it that Apple has no concerns about the professional market. They make all their money from iPhones and iPads. They don't care. But that's ridiculous because even a company who might buy four or five Mac Pros may have 100 Macs or 1,000 Macs. It's a statement of fact to say that uh, even the Mac market in general is a sideline business for Apple now. Apple derives the majority of its revenue from iOS devices. That is a simple, incontrovertible fact. All you have to do is look at Apple's quarterly earnings statements to understand that. Mac Pro's professional-level Macs of, of any variety have become an increasingly less significant um, portion of Apple's quarterly revenue. You know, Apple has sold many more systems to mainstream consumers than it sells to businesses. 
But that's still incremental revenue, and it's still important for Apple. So I think Apple is going to put the same amount proportionally into the development and and, and marketing of systems to professionals that they get out of it. You know, and uh, you can argue that that Apple hasn't done what it needs to to really romance professional users, but um, in the same token, you know, they're they're just not buying in in the same kind of quantity that uh, Joe and Mary Public might be when it comes to an iPad or an iPhone. We've got lots more to come. And by the way, if you have a comment or a question about the Tech Night Out Live, write us, news at technightowl.com. Once again, that's news at technightowl.com. Peter Cohen joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com radio, DreamHost.com radio. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. In more ways than one, it's going to be a November to remember. Through today only, and just in time for the holidays, Emergency Essentials offers a huge Mountain House sale only at BePrepared.com. All Mountain House cans are 20 to 32% off. For example, a can of Mountain House Chili Mac, regularly $25.49, is now only $17.24. Scrambled eggs with bacon, usually $31.89, now only $21.56. And save 26% on a three-day emergency kit, or save $123 on a one-month supply of freeze-dried and dehydrated foods. Gift shoppers, check out the Catadyne Vario Water Filter at 26 percent off or get special pricing on the gerber suspension multi-tool and the volcano stove collapsible cooking combo for details call 800-999-1863 to experience exceptional customer service and emergency essentials low price guarantee but hurry the november to remember sale ends today that's 800-999-1863 the choice is clear be unprepared or be prepared.com do you owe the irs money that you can't pay Are tax liens and levies ruining your life? Are you tired of being afraid just to go to the mailbox? If this describes you, then Dan Pilla can help. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla, and I've been solving tax problems for more than 30 years. In fact, I wrote the book that made it possible to negotiate settlements with the IRS, and I've helped thousands of people do exactly that. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. New changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever before eliminate their debts once and for all. There's no need for you to suffer another day with IRS debt. Call 800-346-6829. I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, taxhelponline.com. That's taxhelponline.com. 
You know what happens to your digestive health around the holidays? Right. Unusual schedules and foods you don't normally eat can cause upset stomach and indigestion. But you can prepare your digestive tract with Pro-EM-1 Probiotic Cleanse from Terragonics.com. Pro-EM-1 is all natural and made with certified organic ingredients. It contains no genetically modified ingredients or preservatives and has no animal products, wheat, soy, dairy, or gluten. Pro-EM-1 does not require refrigeration, so you can take it with you over the river and through the woods to Grandma's house. Pro-EM-1 supports a healthy, regular digestive system, supports weight loss, and improves absorption of food nutrients. Improve your digestion and keep off those extra pounds with Pro-EM-1 Probiotic Cleanse. Call or click Terragonics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com. Toll free, 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Terraganics. life's getting better. Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. With Peter Cohen on the Tech Night Owl Live, I'm Gene Steinberg. We're covering all things Apple. Now, I have heard reports, though, that a lot of the increase in Mac sales growth is to the business world. Isn't that interesting? It is indeed, and I think it's a good sign. And I think it's a you know it's a trend that uh, people have been noticing for a while: the consumerization of IT. You know, IT managers are increasingly under pressure to provide systems that their users want to use instead of things that they can just dictate to them. Yeah, there is that. And also, if the boss comes in and says, "I have this new iMac." you got to support it, man. And Apple, though, has done a lot of things to make their products cross-platform compatible when it comes to networking and such. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. Uh, Apple's uh, done a, a, a fantastic job of uh, trying to make it as transparent as possible for people to do the work that they need to do without having to worry about a lot of that stuff. And we now we see governments, for example, throwing out their Blackberries and getting iPhones. Exactly. Let's move on to another subject here. This week, Apple finally released iTunes 11. Now, it was delayed for a while, I guess, because of programming bugs? That is the rumor. Apple uh, was supposed to release it by the end of October, and they didn't. And instead, it ended up dropping on Thursday, November 29th. So they waited until the very end of November. Yeah. Well, it's here now. But can you tell our listeners briefly, because they'll all download copies, Mac or Windows, what they can see in the new iTunes? What I see is it seems like it's a tad snappier. It seems to launch a bit faster, quit a bit faster. So before we go to that, now, I did read one review or analysis in Macworld magazine from somebody who's been on the show, but we don't have to mention his name, saying there is no sidebar with a new version. But, yeah, you can bring up a sidebar. In the view menu, they bring up a sidebar. Well, uh, the new version of iTunes um, looks very consistent with the the music app on iOS devices. So if you have an iPad and you open that up, you're going to have a similar user experience with iTunes 11 on the Mac as you will with that in terms of the way that it displays um, uh, album covers and sort of the, the default way in which uh, your music is presented. There's there certainly uh, ways to customize it um, to make it a little bit easier to work with. And yeah, Gene, as you point out, you can bring up the uh, show sidebar 
uh, option in the view menu, and uh, you'll you'll see exactly what you're accustomed to seeing. One thing I notice when you look at the sidebar, it's got colors. It comes in colors. I'm seeing color icons. I'm thinking of the Rolling Stones and their 50th anniversary tour. It comes in colors. You know, it's uh, yeah. They've they've made some 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 UI changes. Um, no skeuomorphic. Uh, uh, stuff. Maybe they pulled all that stuff out. I don't know. Now that Scott, Scott Forstall's gone, they did that pretty fast. <laughs> so yeah, you know, it's 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 a very significant change, though. It's uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, of of big differences um, under the hood in iTunes too. Not just in terms of of the overall design, but uh, the, the way in which you interact with your music is different as well. You know, it's it's inter- it's interesting to me because it continues philosophically an, an idea that I remember hearing Steve Jobs talk about a number of years ago, which he said that one of the great joys for him of listening to music is, you know, looking at the album uh, art and playing with the album cover while the LP was playing on his turntable. Um, and they, they've kind of they've advanced that idea a little bit um, in iTunes 11 in that if you're if you're looking at album covers and you click on any one of them, all of a sudden you'll be presented um, with a uh, um, with a track list, and you know you can access uh, the the track list there. And if it's music that you purchased from iTunes and it comes with the digital booklet, um, you can look at the digital booklet from there as well. So it's it's nicely integrated. Uh, there's also a new mini player uh, that makes it easier for you to um, uh, sort of get iTunes out of the way, but still use it to um, to listen to music. Um, you, you get bonus features like uh, instant recommendations and, and choosing uh, what the next track that you're going to listen to is. Um, and uh, the, the the store has been overhauled in iTunes 11 as well. Um, uh, the way in which you interact with the store is uh, is is much more different now than it was. But that similarity uh, between the way that you do it on iOS and the way that you do it on OS 10 now uh, is there. So it's a consistent user experience, regardless of what device you're accessing. There are some other new there are some other new features as well, like preview history, which lets you preview a song or a movie. Um, and, uh, you know, of course, uh, iTunes match integration. So you've got cloud, uh, access and all that other good stuff. Well, so far, however, I'm not seeing any improvement in the accuracy of iTunes match in the sense of songs that were on albums were considered uploaded, not matched. Like she came in through the bathroom window from the Abbey road album where it matches all the songs on the album, except for one. We haven't seen any improvement in that, but that is probably the database online. It has nothing to do with the iTunes app. As I said, it seems to be more presentable. We have color icons for the sidebar, which is optionally displayed. You have to go into the view menu where you have the option to show the status bar and the sidebar. So it's there. The rest of the app, it's not so different that you can't figure it out. Exactly, yeah. It's not... uh uh, radically changed from what you may remember. No, I understand that. And it looks like it's a credible introduction. We'll have to see about bugs and other stuff. I just like the fact that we have that gesture where we see the color icons. And this says to me the next version of Mac OS ten is going to bring back a few things that people wanted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hopefully. One of the things that I really like, by the way, is if you... Um, 
the, the, I was talking a little bit before about, you know, looking at your track list and, uh, uh, you know, clicking on album covers. iTunes is actually doing kind of a tricky thing there. It's actually matching, um, the, the background color of that track list to, uh, the dominant color, um, in the, um, uh, in the album, um, art itself, uh, to give you kind of a consistent uh, user experience, it's 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 a it's a clever bit of trickery. Well, I've got a very clever programming team over there. We've got Jeffrey Robin, of course, who's the lead guy for iTunes for many years. He was a guy who created Sound Jam for Cassidy and Green, and then came to Apple when they bought that product and turned it into iTunes. So I'm saying it's pretty good. Some people are saying, though, this is the other argument. We can pursue this in our final segment. That iTunes really has too many features that really what should be happening is that it should be split up into separate apps for different purposes, but that will only confusing people. It will confuse people rather than have one place, a one-stop shopping center for everything except Mac apps. I'm inclined to agree with you, Gene. I don't think that um, uh, it's, it's necessary to um, break out that. I understand that some people think that there's a lot of feature bloat in iOS 10, I mean in, uh, in, in iTunes, and... Uh, you know, I, uh, yeah, it does a lot of stuff. Well, it certainly does a lot of stuff, and we're going to see it doing more stuff as things go on. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. At this point, though, is there a point where Apple has to rethink that? Hmm. You know, that's a really good question. Um, I think for as long as the iTunes... Um, store itself is selling multiple different kinds of media, apps, um, movies, music, books. I think that Apple is probably going to want to keep that as tightly integrated as it can. But you never know. Apple never does the expected. Ask anyone who bought a third-generation iPad a week before the fourth generation came out. But, neighbors, before you correct me by email, let me make it perfectly clear. If you buy a previous model when the new model comes out, like a week or two earlier, and some stores 30 days earlier, they will allow you to get a refund on the old product and exchange it for the new one. It's not like you're stuck. Peter Cohen joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack Attack of the Rockaways. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockaways lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans the galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack Attack of the Rockaways is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website 
rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack, Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Smokers, are you still smoking traditional cigarettes? Are you still smelling up your clothes and car interior, staining your teeth, and getting ashes everywhere? Why? When you can be smoking or vaping with e-cigarettes by LaSig. With LaSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replacement cartridges, you'll get all the satisfaction of smoking, but no smoking hazards. Choose from a wide variety of our new American-made Vapriot e-liquid flavors at LaSig.com, spelled L-E-C-I-G.com, or call 870-518-4307. That's 870-518-4307. LaSig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker. Warning, e-cigs may contain nicotine, an addictive substance known to the state of California to cause birth defects or cancer. Please be aware of the risks associated with e-cigs prior to use. You must be 18 years or older to purchase. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1 886 3653. That's 1 886 3653. Or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. Farmers keep livestock lean and healthy with a mineral-rich diet. Then, before market, they cut off minerals, leading them to crave high-calorie grains. If weight control is this easy, why prescribe surgery for humans? Introducing Longevity. You could avoid 900 diseases by getting 90 essential nutrients from Longevity. Check out 90 for Life at tobeyoungagain.com or call 855-79-YOUNG. That's 855-79-YOUNG or tobeyoungagain.com. Longevity. It's all about saving money, getting healthy, and creating wealth. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. know what's going to happen next well here's the tech night owl live with gene steinberg i'm gene steinberg on the tech night owl live we have the return of peter cohen he works with the loop at loopinsight.com with jim dalrymple who Seems to always make these educated guesses, and he's always right about them. And he's also with the Angry Mac Bastards radio show. I'll tell you more about that later. We were looking at iTunes, the new version, iTunes 11, which has just come out. 
and is available for download for Mac and PC users. The question being, of course, with all the changes, all the iOS sort of integration, is it a worse app, a better app? Seems quicker to me. And as I said before, on the optional sidebar, there is an optional sidebar. Guess what? On the optional sidebar, we have color icons. The first indication that the absence of Scott Forstall <laughs> will not be missed over there. Or just a gesture, I don't know. Nice to notice, though. Indeed. Now, I guess one more topic we can deal with before we let you go. Okay. In recent weeks, Apple stock has taken kind of a dump. Never good. People who bought the stock at $700, seeing it at 590 or $600, that's not much fun. Do you think some people artificially cut that stock price to make some money? I mean, oh, wow. Apple doesn't seem to be in any trouble. Absolutely. I don't think that there's any question that um, that was a, a calculated effort by um, significant stakeholders in Apple stock um, to uh, get some profits. No, I understand that. And unfortunately, I guess they can't stop them in the court for causing people to lose lots of money, a company to lose over $100 billion in its value without actually suffering. I mean, the report's saying that iPad and iPhone sales are better than expected, that Macs are selling well, that Windows 8 may not be doing so well in terms of PC sales. Of course, Microsoft stock is stagnant. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, Microsoft apparently has not moved the needle at all on sluggish PC sales uh, with the, uh, the release of, of Windows 8. So from that perspective, it's, it's very disappointing. And you look at some of these computers as opposed to one Windows 8, and they're downright wacky. They have reversible screens, swivel screens, slide-out screens. Like, they're just desperately saying, well, we want to have a touch screen. How many ways can we make it appear? And it shows desperation and no sense of innovation. They've tried that for years, and they haven't made it work. Well, uh, what cracks me up the most is that Dell right now is trying to sell its new, uh, one of its new XPS um, laptops. Uh, and this is one of these new Windows 8 laptops that converts both from a laptop I into a tablet. You know, the, uh, the, the screen is surrounded by a frame that uh, when you raise it, you can flip the screen around and fold it down over the keyboard so you can use the device as a tablet. And in their television ad for this, Dell references a review of the product that compares it to a MacBook Air mixed with an iPad. You know, there's Dell for you, always kind of running for second best. So this one product is supposed to compare with two products. They're referencing two Apple products to give their re their, their, the viewers of this ad a point of comparison so they can understand what it does, which I just think is pathetic on Dell's, on Dell's part. It's pathetic in another way, which is it shows desperation because I haven't seen any changes in the way these tablets are built. I mean, we've had convertible tablets or touchscreens on PC notebooks for years. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's the point that Microsoft made with the Surface, whatever you think of the Surface. Microsoft says this is a design point. So who's being influenced by that design point? Well, in the case of the Surface, you have to wonder because it seems like, uh, you know, they, they've produced a tablet that nobody actually wants to use. Well, you wonder how you use it because now you take a look at the commercials for the Surface and you have a lot of noise. You have clicking and clacking. People are clicking the keyboard to the base unit and they're dancing and jumping and screaming. And I guess if you want to dance and jump and scream, 
you buy yourself a surface. But if you just want to do something, I'm not sure what you do, except that we're seeing here that the surface is meant to be on the kickstand horizontally with the keyboard. It's not shown as a traditional tablet like an iPad. Yeah. It's a netbook. Uh, That's the theory, I think. That's it. It's just a netbook. And, of course, Steve Ballmer said sales were modest, which to me says they're lousy because he always tends to exaggerate how things are doing. So if he says sales are modest, it means they can barely sell them. There's also a report on some places where the keyboard, the touch cover with the touch keyboard on the external case, unfortunately, that there, it frays apart. Hear that? I have not. Okay. Well, this is apparently one of the early defects. I mean, of course, we have defects everywhere. So it's nothing unusual. So that's it. We'll have to see where that goes. Now, looking at the long haul, there's also one more thing we'll discuss. Now, before we go on, let me preface this. Because we don't always take rumors seriously here on the Tech Night Out Live. And we have this story. It was published by all of one website. And then... All sorts of other websites repeated the story as if it had credibility. And after being repeated over and over again, I guess you might have thought that it did have credibility, even though it came originally from one source. There's a story that when Apple does OS 10.9 next year, which they may call Lynx for some reason, that's what people are saying. They're running out of the names of cats. Amongst these features expected would be full series support and mapping support. Is that what we need? Well, you know, it's it's interesting because, you know, being an iPhone 4 user, Siri passed me by. I wasn't ready to upgrade uh, when the 4S came out, and I still have it. I'm still using my 4. But when I got an iPad 3 and iOS 6 came out, I did install it and, and discovered using Siri. And, and I found some use cases for Siri. You know, like it, it's very handy if I've got the iPad in the kitchen and I need to time something cooking. You know, I, t- I tell Siri, you know, set the timer for five minutes. And, uh, you know, Siri's very good about counting down and then alerting me when, uh, when that's done. Uh, that's just one case. But, you know, I've used it to, to find me directions and, and, and answer some questions I had and whatever. Um, even my, my father-in-law, who's computer illiterate, you know, has an iPhone 4S and uh, was um, – uh, what did he tell me he was looking up? Uh, Bill Haley in the comments, you know, just to see if it would work, and it did. Uh, pulled it up in, in, in Safari for him, and he got some information about one of his favorite bands. So, you know, it, I think that, that Siri is, is um, a, a cornerstone iOS technology that inevitably is going to come to the Mac. I don't, I don't see that as, as, uh, as, as something that really takes a lot of thought to see. Because uh, it's something that clearly differentiates Apple products from um, other companies' products. Google has its own voice uh, recognition technology, but it doesn't work anything like Siri. It's not even close to what Siri can do. It's mostly a glorified search engine, that's all. Voice-driven search. Right, exactly. You know, so, uh, you know, I think that as long as Apple develops it smartly and integrates it smartly, then we've got nothing to worry about. But I've also learned over the years not to speculate on what Apple might have up its sleeve. Uh, until the company's ready to announce it. Remember all that bandwidth and, um, you know, mental energy that people wasted last year on the teardrop-shaped iPhone 5 design, which never came to pass? Yes, I do. 
you know, it, it is a loser's bet to try to figure out what Apple is planning before Apple is ready to announce anything. Exactly. Peter Cohen, tell our listeners where they can find more of the things that you do. My podcast is at angrymacbastards.com. And as Gene said, we work blue. That means that we use dirty language. So if that stuff offends you, please don't download the podcast. But if it doesn't and you're interested in hearing some acerbic analysis of, you know, some of the cruddy stories that uh, have been written about on Apple that past week, then please, by, by all means, drop by. The other uh, place that I uh, spend a lot of time is the Loop, loopinsight.com. I also freelance for Macworld, Tap Magazine, and other publications of note in the Apple uh, realm. So look for my byline anywhere. And you can look for us at Tech Night Owl on Twitter or go to technightowl.com, find our web portal, check out our forums and lots more. We have another radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. This week talking about possible DNA evidence for Bigfoot. At Paracast.com, that's Paracast.com. To Peter Cohen, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks, as always, for having me, Gene. It's a real pleasure to come back. The Tech Night Out Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.